Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It it's a jingling, dude. It's a jingling. Nice. Welcome, amigos. Thanks for coming today on this wonderful Sunday. Um, my name's Deck. And my name's Tim. <laughs> and we have the Quick Resume Podcast, if you haven't been here before. This is our second attempt at live streaming, so go easy on us. Um, honestly, it was a lot of fun last week, wasn't it, Tim? I it was, I really yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought that overall the, the vibe was just a bit different, and I think it just kind of fit the show a little bit better. Um, just doing it live yeah, streaming like this so uh, yeah definitely I agree but I mean if, you, if you're here for whatever reason um, and you know you prefer to listen on podcasts don't forget that I will will have the po- we'll have it uploaded on popular podcast services everywhere usually by the end of the day or, or sometime tomorrow whenever the whenever mp3 downloaders let me get them because it like takes ages to buffer yeah um, yeah before those websites are like, oh, it's not done yet. I'm like, it finished six hours ago. Like, come on. Um, so yeah, that's the deal. Um, I'm, I don't really know what to start with. We've got quite a few like little things to go through. And then we've got some bigger things to go through. Okay. Um, but let's uh, maybe talk about Vigi games. Vigi games? What are those? Little suggestion, Vigi games? Yeah. I think, um, I don't know sometimes. Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I know that feeling. <laughs> Alright, well what have you been playing then, Tim? Um this week I have been playing I'm just trying to think. Obviously we've carried on the binge on Monsanto Rise. Um we're we're enjoying that a lot these days. Um playing that a lot. I've actually been playing some solo as well because I've been away um with my partners a me little bit. Me too. So um and I have to admit, I've been playing some of the, um, you know, those new quest types they put in where you go in with, like, an AI member as well. You know, you, like, you pick AI to come in with you. Um, and it's pretty yeah. cool, man. It's pretty nice to do. And it's just, like, I can, like, pretty safely take on, like, a G-rank monster because I've got the help of these AI, which are actually pretty good. They're, like, they're actually pretty good AI in terms of, like they heal you when you need healing and like they mount monsters and they set traps and they actually do good damage overall um and yeah i just feel i just feel like it makes it a bit more accessible that sort of like level of difficulty if you're playing solo rather than like if you just open up a lobby you just kind of have to hope people will come in and then you have to hope they'll also like the quest that you put up which is the obviously for the materials you need then you know you'll probably need to stuff for them. It's just a bit. It's a bit of a ball ache sometimes, and I feel like this is, um, it's quite a nice way around that. Um, uh, so yeah, I basically just been playing uh, Monster Hunter, and I'm just trying to think on my Xbox what I've been playing. Did we play anything on Xbox this week? I don't think we really did, did we? Uh, so no, yeah. So I think this week for me, it's literally just Rise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing a lot of it as well. I'm doing a bit solo. I've just been doing like you know uh, quests to like get stuff. There's somewhere you get like those petalace things. Um, yeah. Some you know 
Some of the some from the cook. I did the Teostra as well. Sorry. Um, you dick. Uh, I know, but the good thing is, is that the hunter rank unlocks after you do that. It goes up to hunter rank nine nine nine. So it's just smooth sailing after that. None oh, of nice. this level gating bullshit. So yeah. Well, I don't think they level gate you past the initial one, but for some reason the initial one. No, it doesn't know. seem to be. Like, I think everything I built up before the Teostra, like, when I beat the Teostra, I should just go to, like, 46 or 47 or something like that. But it's just for the first one, it didn't do that, which is just really weird. I don't really know. Yeah. 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 A bit odd. I don't know either. Um, but then, yeah, other than that, what have I been playing? I played, like, I, nothing has changed since last week, so if you've already been here, you know, nothing, nothing's really changed. I'm still playing Cyberpunk. I told you I'm, like, I'm at the last mission, but I'm just kind of running around doing my own thing now, and I'm still having a good time. Um, I'll give my final, uh, you know, sort of score or thoughts when I when I do finish up. But I'm I could finish it at any moment. I'm just kind of enjoying running around, leveling up, doing some of the side quests and stuff, uh, getting more loot, getting some cool weapons. The loot is really good in that game. It's like surprisingly good. Oh, okay, um, nice. Uh, there's a lot of variety. A lot of the like legendary, you know, where like the, the exotic equivalents are like quite nicely varied. They look different. They perform different. Yeah, yeah, just cool stuff. Just cool stuff. Does it um, come mainly as like world drops, or does it come mainly in like quest rewards and stuff? That sort of loot. Um, it's it's either yeah, some of them are drops. I, I say half of them are like drops, and then the other half is like kind of in the environment. You just kind of find them while you're on a mission. Like if it's, you know, you like uh, infiltrate a base, and then you get to the top in the control room, and uh, okay. there's like a really good weapon lying there where you know where the uh, chief would have been or something. Yeah, so that, that's tend kind of how it sorts to works. Um, okay. Yeah, it's good though. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and then I, I, I think I said last week I played that some of that. Um, uh, yeah, what, how, do you, how do we even say it? Iden Chronicles Rising game. Uh, oh yeah. The only reason I did that is because I needed. Um, what would you call it? Like the, the Microsoft stuff. <laughs> you know, I needed yeah. to get achievements, and that was one of the the top ten picks. I was like, oh, two birds, one stone. But it is alright actually. I mean, I'm probably not going to go back and play it, but like I was like, probably played like three or four hours overall. It was alright. It has a really catchy jingle like a really catchy like it is infectious it's still in my head it's like yeah. burrowed deep into my temporal lobe it's horrible i mean jrpgs um, are fantastic uh with their music most of the time yeah 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 so that's been me uh, that's been us really i guess a bit, a bit well i say a bit bland but like monster is just so good it's so good. It's just it's like the most timeless. <laughs> it's, it's, so good. it's the most timeless video game I've ever I've ever played. Like I just think it's yeah. I just I don't know, man. Like it, it, it's just so good. Yeah, if there's just anything that can get me back into gaming, like if I ever fell out of gaming, like I just got a bit older and I just stopped gaming. Like if there's anything that would ever get me back into it, it would just be like a new Monster Hunter game or something and just hit and just hit hitting the grind on that. It's just, it's just so good. Yeah, it's it's like it's a nice mix of just being like chilled out, but also quite like difficult and like quite hot, like blood pumping at times. It gets quite intense as well, but it's also really chill and it's also like it's just got like everything to it. Like it's just got good systems, 
great weapons and if you yeah. start feeling stale you know you've got like 15 different other weapons to choose from that could just completely feel different like we've recently done that we switched up weapons haven't we and it just feels like a new game like it's crazy yeah yeah absolutely um and it's quite funny actually because last week we were talking about like we were like ha ah, ha getting early onset arthritis ha ah, because of the shape of the switch and everything and then we both went away and bought like grips yes <laughs> <For the Switch. laughs> yeah we did yeah which is a lot better um they so, are better. Yeah, well, hopefully if we get some time again this week um we'll have to play again together because we, we we had like we played for a day or something didn't we and then or like you know like over lunch maybe a hundred or two but then um, we've both kind of been busy yeah um, yeah so yeah and actually do you know what i was even suggesting well two things the first thing i was thinking of is that I do like a lot of what Rise has done. I don't like. I don't love all of it. Um, other things that I really do like. I really do like the. I never remember the name of the bugs. Wire bugs. What they called? Wire bugs. bugs. Yeah. Um, I really do like them. I think. I think they're very, very cool. I think it's. It's a nice way. It's a nice grounded way to add some flashiness to. You know, either moves or mobility. Because um, I wasn't sure on them when we first started playing, whenever it, whenever it came out, you know, a year ago. Um, yeah, two years yeah. ago. But but they've really grown on me. Um, so I'm gonna I'm probably I'm gonna miss them because it's not likely that they're gonna hang around. But yeah, I think they're really good. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I I could see it sort of being implemented into the next one, Santa, because you can kind of see the transition they made because there was a little bit of that in World with like grappling onto monsters and grappling onto the environments and stuff you had your grapple hook and then they just kind of developed it into wire bugs so it's just like maybe they will just keep it you know maybe it's just like the evolution they were looking for and now everyone likes it and it's not impossible it's just they just don't have a history of doing that do they you know you think about generations and i had the four styles per weapon it's just they tend to make these more arcadey and yeah. Do I do like that it? Add, it's just that it adds another layer of like freshness and like it expands the move sets a bit more and it gives them a very easy way to update. Like with Sunbreak, it's two more you know Wireberg moves. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I do think. Can you hear that? Can you hear kids screaming? Because if you can, yeah. I'm gonna shut my windows. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, I can hear them screaming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, off 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 the back of what you were saying, yeah, it's just really easy to just yeah add add additional content as well. Um, to it because like that in itself just those two new wire bug moves per weapon has made every weapon feel that little bit more fresh again um which is yeah. quite nice i i suppose that the only problem that i think we've run into because of uh because of what they've wanted oh my god he slapped my mic did you see that i'm such an art oh, speaker you know yeah um <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, they've like some of the moves they've put in have like distilled the no yeah I've like distilled the variety of the weapons down a little bit. It's like one weapon has an aerial move. Uh, oh no, all weapons have an aerial move. All weapons have a thing that you jab into them, and then you hit the thing that you jabbed into them for more damage. Yeah. All weapons have a counter. Like and so, it's cool Not in all. some senses, but in the other sense, it takes away weapon identity a little bit. Um, Not all weapons you know, like have a counter. No, but you know what I mean. Like there are a lot of shared elements to a degree. Um, so yeah, but I do like it's just like aesthetically, and like I think it just fits it really well and gives them 
of that extra sort of gameplay system adds yeah. that extra level of flashiness, which I think it, which I think is nice sometimes. It's fun, but we want to. Um, yeah, definitely. And the other thing, the other thing I was going to say, man, is just uh, because just while we're on the Monster Hunter train, um, if whenever we're done with Rise and or whenever World Two is announced or whatever it is, and we want to get back into Monster Hunter again, we always find it really hard to get back into World simply because I think it's it's. It's probably it's probably not just a world thing, but generally just getting back into Monster Hunter at the end is hard, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Because you have to be, be like, "What hard. was I doing? Where where am I?" And you've lost a lot of your muscle memory, so like you have to like you know readjust. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, so at some point, when any of those aforementioned things happen, I'm okay with just starting and you save file on world, <laughs> just starting from zero yeah yeah i'd be totally okay with that yeah i mean it's kind of weird though we never i never really felt like we had that issue with rise coming back to it as much i feel like we we kind of came back into it quite quickly quite i think there's a couple of reasons i think the first is that we weren't as far ahead in rise as we were in world in world we were like endgame elder dragon like what were they called ape no they weren't apex um Um, tempered tempered yeah 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 Yeah. we were hunting them and they were like they were really like bone crunchingly hard. Yeah. The other thing is, I don't think Rise is as hard. I think Rise is probably the easiest Monster Hunter has ever been. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, Rise is quite quite easy. Mm-hmm. Which is again one of the other trade offs of the the wire bugs. But um, mm. yeah, it's Monster Hunter. Just yeah. just round of applause, really. You know, for that series, we are we are like dead happy that that series has had a lot of success had loads of sales as well there was a report earlier in the week wasn't there about how well it had done yeah i think it's on million sales or i think it's on over 10 million uh copies uh just wow yeah yeah over 10 million copies overall and i think some breaks opening weekend got like 2 million sales as well or something um so it's pretty crazy i mean just to say that one fifth of your overall um player base has bought the expansion within like a week a weekend of its release is pretty impressive um yeah yeah, there's some pretty pretty nifty stats for sure now get it on xbox get it on playstation (laughs) yeah yeah i would i would gladly start another file and play actually i don't know yeah hopefully if they do that with rise they totally won't but like they would like allow you to say bring a save file over but yeah they totally won't yeah, um, Nintendo wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, they wouldn't. Uh, yeah, okay then, wicked. Um, so I, I just wanted to mention before we sort of go into some of the bits, the, the, the little crumbs of news before the big ones. Um, yeah, I I've been having I've been having a drink, Tim. Not an alcoholic drink, just a, just a drink. Oh, jeez, thank God! I thought you were slipping down there, the slippery slope again. Dude. <laughs> yeah, alcohol <laughs> down the gates of alcoholism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you probably saw me drinking it earlier and i've become like obsessed with this brand of drink and it, i think i've told you about it before it's called fentimans bit of fentimans fentimans no i don't think you told me about yeah. this no you can find it you can find it in the store it's just like and the little logo is like a little wolf and then they usually sell them in like glass bottles uh, okay and this one is sparkling raspberry they also do like curious cola and yeah. rose lemonade, which is like it tastes a bit like well, you know, like rose, but I always think it tastes like Turkish delight. But okay, that's Beth loves that stuff. I recently ordered eight big bottles from Amazon. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what business we have. And then I ordered 12 small bottles from Amazon. A single order. I've never ordered drinks from Amazon before. And I think maybe it is a sign that maybe it's a, a cry for help. Yeah, maybe. I mean, what, is it cheaper to buy from Amazon than it is to buy them in the store, is it? It was, but some of the flavours you can't really get around here. Like, I, I ordered, like, cherry cola, which I've had once before, and was, like, magnificent. And that yeah. was, like, a good price. It was, like, £2 a bottle, whereas when you find that in the store, it's, like, 3 50 um, Yeah. Okay. Whereas this, I'm finding in store for, like, 2 90 On Amazon, it comes out for, like, £4 a bottle, and I'm like, why? Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. That's some fun I've been having. It's if Fentiman sponsor us, I will take that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a nice little uh, summery drink as well. It sounds like a great drink. Oh, to have so in the summer. good. Yeah. It's, have yeah, you tried it's so, like such a good? Summer. Have you tried mixing it with like um like anything like Southern Comfort or like actually... rum or anything like that? It'd probably be quite nice to be honest. Yeah, they they say on there on when I was on the Amazon page, they were like, oh, you know, perfect for a summer with gin. But I, I'm not really Ooh, a gin, gin guy. Yeah, gin would go well um, with it. Yeah. It, it would go well with it, yeah. I'm not sure if I... Maybe something come, but... But, yeah, I don't know about... I don't know about... Yeah, probably like, not um, rum. Yeah. Maybe with a cola, actually. I don't know, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's just... Yeah, you know, because, like, you know, you have Coke. Coke's fine. Coca-Cola. Yummy. But then you have, like, <laughs> like a botanical cola. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like... It's like you're drinking, like, a, a flower, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm one with... I'm one with the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's like... Yeah, those little fancy soft drinks are so nice. Yeah, after that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I just thought I'd take take advantage while the sun's out. Because if you don't know, if you're listening and you're not from the UK, or maybe you are from the UK, you know it's it's a tad and warm. It's very warm. Yeah, I found it extremely warm yeah. today. Like this morning, I literally woke up like st- like sticky, like with sweat. It was gross. I I found it really hot <laughs> yeah. this morning. Um. But yeah, we're going through a little bit of a heat wave at the moment, um, which is nice. I spent the day out in Brighton on Friday and had a great time. So you, know. you watched Thor, didn't you? Yeah, I did watch Thor. Yeah, I was literally going to throw that in right before we got into the episode. It's like the longest okay. intro ever. Um, yeah, I watched <laughs> Thor. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, it was good, man. Um, if you like Ragnarok, you're going to like this. You know, it's just like really similar vibes from that um, director, like Taiti Waki, wherever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, it's super funny. It's just doesn't take itself seriously. It's just a it's just a good time. Um, Christian Bale does a really good villain as Gore. He's like mm-hmm. surprisingly really kind of creepy and quite menacing. Like I wasn't expecting him to be like as good as that. Um, yeah, man. Solid movie. Um and Ragnarok was one of my favourites before, and I think this one is... It's not as good, like, don't get me wrong, but, like, yeah, it's it's definitely a step in the right direction for Marvel, because they've been a little bit meh recently, apart from uh, No Way Home. Mm. They've been a little bit meh. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 Fair enough. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's get into some of the bits and bobs then. Uh, like I said, there are just a, a... There's a handful of small things that I wanted to go through here, and the first is that because we've got to pay our tributes you know we've got to bend the knee we've got to salute oh, sometimes no, i heard about this like the artist and the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh, kazuki takahashi has died at 60 in a snorkeling accident and that just don't sucks. laugh I mean... when you say it dude <laughs> just come on no man. shut up i no i looked up and you were saluting like i didn't realize you were saluting with me and she just caught me off guard obviously 
like fucking tragic because like the impact of like the you because i was thinking about this the impact that Yu-Gi-Oh had on us was probably like a you know a big influence into what we ended up doing and what we ended up liking you know we like high fantasy stuff we like dark fantasy stuff and a lot of that is definitely influenced by the universe that that kazuki wrote with the Yu-Gi-Oh. um yeah never really got into the show that much i know i had a friend that did but you know the yeah, Yu Gi Oh had its very own star, and into, even into like Japanese stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's I'm shame. Yeah, it's dude. Damn good creative. I'm gonna get home, and to tribute him, I'm gonna frame Manny to bug and put it on my wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's the best card. I feel like game. I feel like there's maybe a better card. No, Manny to bug. <laughs> Not like uh, Penguin Soldier, like Ra, or what was he called Slytherin? <laughs> no, what was it? Scyther. Sly- no, what's his what's he called? What? <laughs> Not Slytherin or Scyther. You know the gods in the show. They were like gods. There's Obelisk. Zodia. No, no. You know there was like Ra, that was the big like bird thing, and it was yellow. Yeah. There was Obelisk, who was the big muscly blue boy. Yeah. And then there was a third one, and he was called Slyther. I don't know. Egyptian, you don't remember? No, no, I don't remember. I'm not just pulling your leg. I, no. I just, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> Slifer. All right, there we go. S L I F E R. Okay. Slifer right. the Sky Dragon. Nice. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go and frame Trap Hole or Monster Reborn. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. And actually, do you know what? Speaking of cards, um, look what I've got here. Yeah, I saw you use... Oh, wait, no. I don't know what that is. I saw you sent me a picture that you got some magic cards. I, I've got... So, mum and dad have been dropping off a load of stuff, like baby stuff, obviously. Um, and uh, so in, in that, so I've been going through boxes and stuff, and I've got I, all my cards. I've got a chest full of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you know, Pokemon cards or whatever. My dad being my dad, back in the year 2000, bought <laughs> five... First edition Team Rocket Pokemon cards. These are unopened. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you looked how much they're worth. They're worth about £150 a pack. What? You're joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's mental. So you just got like 600 so, quid just chilling there. I'm going to burn them like <laughs> <laughs> Nice, dude. That'll get us some viewers. That'll bring in at least three viewers. Totally worth <laughs> You'll bring in three viewers and a whole bunch of depression. That's so much depression. Oh, that's crazy. 150 yeah. a pack. That's mental. Pretty mental, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and sell one and just like test the waters and see sort of what it's like because they're when I'm searching on eBay to see like like they they are around but I've seen maybe three other sellers that have them. Um. So that's where i'm at really i'll just see what kind of happens and go from there that's pretty cool nice bit of cash flow coming in daryl coming in clutch i know daryl he does that he does do that and you know what it's made me think because there's a there's a guy when i was looking on ebay who has a whole box you know like the boxes behind the shelves yeah yeah of these um and he's just selling them one at a time like like he bought them 20 years ago and he's just sitting on them now and i'm like Uh, yeah Maybe uh, I should just splash out 40 quid on some like limited edition things and just give it like hold like just put it in a box somewhere and like, bury it. <laughs> yeah. It's passive income, dude. That's it. It's dumb. I, yeah, it's crazy. Um 
So, yeah. Because I mean, he does also have... He did the same thing with some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like, back when I... Well, it was really little as well, and they were, like, first edition, like, Yu-Gi cards from Japan. Like, he bought them when he, when he used to fly. For oh, work. yeah. Um, he got them from Japan. And he has them somewhere as well, so they're going to be worth a lot. Wow. Um, so, that's going to be my job for today. Try and sell these and get some... Get some cash. <laughs> nice, dude. Sounds fun. Sounds yeah. cool. I have to weigh them at some point. People do that. Did you know that? People weigh packs to see... If there's like a shiny what's in, it. in them. Yeah, yeah, because the shinier cards will have a bit more weight to them, yeah, and stuff like that, because it's more like going on on the card. Yeah, makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, it does. So, um, if anybody's very interested in some first edition Team Rocket, because these this is this is the deck that has like Dark Charizard, you know, Dark Pikachu, it has like the, the yeah, original, yeah. like dark ones. And nice. So keep your eye on Amazon if uh, not Amazon on eBay. If anybody wants to fling me over a, a lot of money, <laughs> anyone wants to pay well over the odds for these, I'll happily take your money. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So the next thing I wanted to touch on was I, I should have mentioned this before actually, but um, I was I, I played Overwatch two this week without my friend Tim. Yeah. It's, rep. It's yeah. Not, so it's not easy being me. Yeah. So <laughs> I I was saying because we have like the console sharing thing, we thought that maybe because he got access to the beta and he downloads the app, maybe I could as well. Um, and we still have to test that theory. I mean, technically you have it to the 18th, don't you? Just like that's right. Yeah. So I mean, we can still test this theory. Um, when I get back on like Monday or something um or even tonight to be honest um but because i've only got an xbox one x here uh, at, at my partner's house so i think it's because you got the series x version i'm not seeing it in my game library maybe i don't know um yeah because when you sign up for the beta it does it asks you what platform you're on and i think you can select like ps4 or xbox one or you can select series x or you can select ps5 so i think they give you yeah, different you clients right. based on that um uh yeah I think what you could do is if you go on the xbox App. store just on the website yeah just log in and see if it pops up and then it'll it might you'll get it'll give you an idea if you have ownership of the app and then we can go from there yeah um yeah i mean what can i say man um you know i played it uh if, if anybody's interested in overwatch 2 um you know i played it for probably like two hours um just to sort of give it a go really because you know i am interested what you know we've spoken about it on the show we are interested and um I mean, it feels like Overwatch. And I mean that in the best possible way because there isn't a single other competitive game that I've ever played where 100% of my focus is dedicated to winning the game. And that yes. just speaks to the craftsmanship and how they've designed the objectives and, you know, the the scoreboards and the incentives and the heroes. You know, you want to win. You're not there to get kills. Whereas when I'm playing Halo Infinite, I, I want to win. I'll take a loss sometimes if I can get <laughs> if I can get an overkill or if I can get a killing frenzy or a riot, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. This doesn't happen with Overwatch. Um, and there, there have just been some nice changes that I saw. There was like, well, I was really happy to see that there was a closed queue, which was for like role queuing. Yes, that was, was cool. An open queue, um, so you could do both. I, I'm assuming both will be there for launch, but I think that's a great way to do it. Um, you know, if you want to practice for ranked, you can go into casual role queue. If you just want to play, you can go into open queue. Um, the five v five felt pretty good, Tim, instead of the six. Um, oh, okay, yeah, because you were quite worried about that, weren't you? Yeah, I, I thought it was a good idea in principle, but I, I wasn't sure because the the idea is that there were too many 
purple tank build going around and it made for long drawn out fights I'm, someone can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that was kind of the rationale um so that yeah yeah it, it felt good um and I, a lot of the tanks have had like a, a marked like a marked buff they do damage. Like they've always had a bit of damage, but they feel like they're they're a threat now. If you if you try and piss around in front of Arissa, she's gonna gun you down. She's gonna lob a spear in your face. Yeah. By the way, Arissa's new kit is awesome. Yeah, she like does awesome. like a she can like spin her like spear around it like deflect stuff or something. It's like a deflect. It deflects. Mechanic. It pushes people back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's awesome. Uh, the, the only the only thing is that she's missing like the old gravity gravity thing that she was literally about to ask yeah the gravity ball thing that's that's gone now but what she does have in replacement is like a just a projectile spear that she lobs and it Uh, knocks back and does extra damage if they bump into a wall yeah Um, what character used to do that oh i'm thinking of anna i'm thinking of anna from smite as well yeah you used to just throw the javelin it's literally exactly the same you throw the javelin and knocks them back and then you start to do more damage if they hit a wall it's like I don't think it stuns them. I just think it does more damage, though. For okay, so. but it's like it's like the exact same ability, basically. The Doomfist yeah. did that. If yeah, you charged Doomfist. up your punch, they would punch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you you get you really get the feeling that a lot of the, the tanks are there. Like most tanks are like hybrid now. Yeah. Um, because it makes them more interesting to play. I think was the goal. Um, but yeah, it feels good. And because we haven't played in so long, there's so many characters that I'm. There's like six seven eight characters there that i'm like i have no idea what these people do yeah um, there was like echo cool who was like the robot like a, who's alt is to turn into someone on the other team that's like one of those mirror kind of oh, okay types. i didn't even know that guy existed i didn't know that was a thing the robot yeah she's like the robot i think she's the um narrator was she in overwatch one yeah. oh, okay we just um, never no okay no yeah there's a few like i can't i'm struggling to put you tried any of the like new ones like that lady who can like apex slide and she's got like that cool gun that like fires oh, like a sniper um, shot Sojourn. yeah so john no i didn't like her but then there's like uh what was his name baptiste maybe baptiste baptiste, baptiste. uh it rings a bell he was like kind of like soldier like but he had a few more defensive capabilities um uh, okay he looked really cool but i again never played him so like he's he was in the overwatch one I played Junker Queen for a bit as well. She's awesome. She's really cool. She's like okay. damage over time base, which I wasn't expecting. Like oh. she's got a throwing knife that applies damage over time. She's got like a one of the other abilities is like a giant wind up melee attack, which I think I think that one bli- applies um, damage over time. Oh, applies damage over time. Nice. Melee's quicker as a passive, just like little melees. Um, Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's very cool. Yeah, so and I like the new game mode as well. I'm not sure how the rest of the um sort of community reaction is to the to the game mode. It's like a push and pull one. Um uh so like you know, the robot starts in the middle. It's like tug of war, push of war, and you've gotta it's like with the escort missions, you've just gotta push it as far back as you can and then eventually, you know, the enemy team will get advantage and they've gotta push it back and it'll rec- record the furthest you got for your team, and then whoever's got the furthest yeah. but the most meters wins. Um, at, the, at the very end um, but it felt good I thought that game mode felt good um, and the new maps felt good it just all felt good I mean there's nothing mm. wrong with it feeling like Overwatch 1 you know we said that from the beginning yeah um, we want there to be enough stuff feeling new but I think what I had underestimated was the amount of stuff they've added since we stopped playing last time yes yeah which feels all all new to us still doesn't it 
even though it's from yeah. the first game it's like we get a little bit extra weirdly enough um for a lot of people that yeah. are still playing overwatch yeah and yeah, then like, well, you know once you factor in like the the changes of you know it's 5v5 instead of 6v6 there's new maps there are like the new heroes um you know there'll be a battle pass something else i'm missing as well oh the reworks like reworks across a number of heroes you know all of that like it starts to become like a like, pretty quite refreshing package. actually yeah 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 um and I, you know I, I think i sent you the message as well that it's like, it felt really good to just boot up and still have access to all my skins like i was going through them like oh hmm. yeah i forgot i remember this one and like with zenyatta you know we we played ranked do you remember and we get ranked poison you could buy a golden weapon for like whoever it was. oh yeah yeah you got the golden balls and, like for the golden zenyatta, balls for him <laughs> yeah yeah that was cool who did yeah. i get gold for I think I might have got the gold Reinhardt hammer. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Can't remember. I can't remember. Winston, no, you wouldn't. I think Reinhardt was usually your go-to. Yeah, I love Reinhardt. Um, Yeah, I did like Winston. I definitely didn't get D.Va. Did I get Arissa Golden Gun? I might have done. Uh, Maybe. I might have done Arissa. I don't know. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. Like, like thing things like that. I always like in games, like a little thing to chase, like from ranked, um, like a like a yeah. really high end like cosmetic that you can just like show off. Like, I think that's such a it's such an easy it's thing to incentive. implement, and I think it's just like a really good incentive to just keep playing. Um, sometimes that was the reason why I played ranked. I was just like, oh mate, ranked's toxic, but I want points to get a gold weapon. <laughs> you know, like yeah so absolutely yeah no i'm definitely with you um so yeah yeah it, it all felt good um the, the only thing i will say that was like a little bit like a little bit like lukewarm one was the visuals and i know that sounds really weird because overwatch has a very distinct style but it, it just didn't look as like crisp as i was hoping it would be yeah I don't know, maybe, color palette I looks like a little bit more drab than the other one looks a bit more like neutral yeah. from what i can see i don't know it, it's Maybe it's just the nostalgia rules. Like maybe if I went back and played Overwatch, you know, on my Xbox One or whatever, or just the you know the first Overwatch, maybe it would look a bit like not, like not as tight. But I was just expecting it to look crisper. And again, maybe I remember from Halo, like people mm, dunk on true. Halo, or whatever. The multiplayer looks fantastic. Like I'm not going to accept anything less than that. Like it's it's 4K, it's 60. Like everything is so sharp on Halo. Overwatch is very noisy. Uh, maybe noisy is the right word. It feels like a bit saturated, and that's kind of the style. Mm. But um, it was, I don't know, I was just expecting it to be feeling a bit crisper. But everything else is phenomenal. You know, it's Overwatch. The the, the polish bar is very, very high. Didn't run into a single bug. Uh, pit matches very quickly, especially in open queue. The music, they've like revamped a lot of the music, and the music sounds amazing. So Nice. Yeah. Keeping an eye on this one. Definitely excited for it. Um, hopefully we can get something together and actually have a couple of games together. That would be good. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we will this week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Speaking of Halo, just wanted to very quickly touch on it. Um, the uh, the Fracture event has come back for the third time this week, so you have until Tuesday to finish that off. I've finished it now. Yahoo, all great, so I can look like a, um, a, a coal miner. Um, and I just very quickly wanted to bring up what they're doing with this, because I don't know if you've heard about this thing that they're doing, but they're introducing like storytelling elements kind of alongside these fractures um because the whole idea of the fractures is that it's like you know alternate universe halo and yeah. they have like a, an explanation as to why these armors are the way they are and i don't know what it was for the previous one the, the tenrai but for this one 
bearing in mind it's like a, a fallout you kind of yeah that's kind yeah. of the vibe it's based on the idea that like earth has gone through nuclear war and the spartans that the armor that you get are that the spartans are just uh it's obviously thicker and heavier because it needs to be anti-radiation and the Spartans yeah. in, in like the fictional universe are still fighting just because they don't know anything else. Like all the governments have fallen, Like they're not fighting for anyone. They're just shooting shit. They're yeah. like, you know, almost like brainwash sort of thing. Um, and in that universe, the covenant is just earth creatures uh, affected by radiation. And I just thought it was kind of cool. It was just kind of a yeah. cool like little twist. Um, yeah, cause, I like, like that. in that universe, I'm pretty sure we never, or like any hope of interstellar travel got obliterated in the war um and but what they've done which is like so firstly the fact that that's so outside the game is a shame whipping up a 45 second a minute cutscene just to like mm. kind of immerse yourself in that would be nice yeah the other thing they've done is that they're making this this like story through they're telling the story every time the fracture comes out and it pops up on the little you know the the latest news window when you're on the game mm. it says click here to make a decision and you know it takes you to the website and you can essentially choose how the story is going to unfold which is like a cool idea but it's like all hidden outside the game yeah i it, like, i i hate having to click on something and it takes me outside the game exactly. I, it triggers me like i think it's so annoying um the whole destiny thing isn't it with the grimoires yeah yeah there's definitely a better way like surely you can just bake it into like a new menu like slot or something like that you know like a new tab to just be like oh season or event story or something like that and just do it from within the app um yeah like surely there's a or way just to like, do it or just give me some like different tool tips during the event like during a loading screen like pop up like during yeah. the war you know this happened or um you know just a bit of exposition like through imagery maybe you know again in loading screen something like that like get put it mm. in the game because it's like it's cool like you know you start reading about it you're like, oh that's a very cool like interesting twist on what we know is halo but yeah. that's about as far as it's going to go because you're going to force me to go to halo waypoint and read paragraphs about it so yeah anyway, i just wanted to skip over it but that's happening yeah okay cool i might hop on give it a go yeah. tiny game tiny little tiny baby game oh yeah this is from I the indie this week indie studio isn't indie... it yeah, from Tiny Indie Dev Santa Monica Studios. Might have heard of it. Uh, I don't think so. What did they work on? Did they make like? Oh, what did they, they make? Worked on um, Clod. 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 Just Clod. Just Clod. Yeah, no wonder why I haven't heard of them. Clod of War. Yeah. Um. So yeah, did you see the trailer for God of War? I did. Yeah, I saw the little thirty-second. Uh, yeah, they kind of just. Talk. It's coming out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's coming out, and then it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, people are saying that you see Fenrir, which is kind of cool. I mean, people are theorizing right. it's Fenrir right. at least. Um, for sure, it is yeah. Yeah, which is quite interesting because obviously Fenrir is part of one of the hundred different ways Ragnaroks are caused because um, there's like so many different Ragnaroks um, and it's pretty cool like if Fenrir is going to be like the big sort of overarching like villain with like Thor I think that's I think that's pretty cool man I think that could be quite a cool premise um, to stop him like just swallowing the world 
whoever he does. Weird thing is that Fenrir is I'm not going to say canonically, but mythologically, Fenrir is Loki's son. Right? Son, yeah, yeah. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> In case anyone no hasn't, like that is a jet. That's a massive spoiler. Like. For, you can carry on, but we'll just throw up the spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't played God of War. Um, yeah, just click 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 away now, or just skip forward to the next timestamp or something. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did find that quite quite interesting. Um, yeah, because in the lore, yeah, Fenrir is Loki's son, and obviously Loki is a uh, boy. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I don't know how that's going to work, but. Um, maybe they'll just take it in a different direction. You know, they can twist and change these things quite a lot. I mean, just Kratos being in that universe in itself is hardly fucking um, yeah. accurate. So yeah, they can kind of do whatever they want. Well, yeah, I mean, well, Kratos is like... The Kratos they're using is like made up. I don't yes, into this a while he back, is, I was, yeah. I was confused. Yeah, I think Kratos does yeah. exist and he is, he was like... a he was like the god of like Sparta or something or something like that but he it's never like a very became speculative. yeah he yeah. never became the god of war he never was appointed that power and then killed all the gods or that that's all completely made up but I'm pretty sure Kratos is is a thing um, but yeah because so if I remember reading about this again someone will have to correct me if I'm wrong um, I think that that was like a coincidence that like, they named him Kratos and then they were like oh that actually is like a, a figure from you know roman mythology or, or whatever it is like yeah the time frame he's meant to yeah become. maybe yeah um, I'm, I'm not sure yeah yeah I, th- I, th- I think he's i think he's real though like i said i don't really know um but i think he is I, I i'm not sure if he was ever actually a god i think he was just like a really sick like warrior or whatever i don't know um but yeah yeah it's interesting it's and um i was i still am to be honest very surprised that this game is coming out this year um and it's quite exciting man like i always thought it was gonna come out playstation get another 9 10 out of 10 game so uh because i mean just based on its pedigree and the fact that it's just gonna do the same as the first game there is no way that game is getting below a nine like anywhere unless they really fuck it up but i mean how could they the only thing yeah the only thing really is i think if they would if they botched the story because um Gameplay in that game is very, very good, and they got like these loot systems down. There were like loads of abilities and stuff. So the gameplay is, it stands on its own. Like, you can make a, a game out of that without a good story, and it would still be fun. Yeah. Um, a big part of what it what made the game, you know, it took it from an eight to like a nine point you know, four, nine point five out of ten, um, was that the story was really good, um, and all the performances were really good. Um, performances yeah. will still be good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll nail the story as well. Um, so I suppose the only thing here that I really wanted to touch on is that if you remember when it got revealed, like, oh my God, I can't even remember when it was. Like, they showed off, like, snippets of gameplay. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we mentioned it briefly at the time that there was, like, quite a lot of, like, reused animations. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is, like, you know, it's not really a big deal. But, of course, people are taking this a step too far and being like, oh, it looks like DLC. <laughs> and, yeah, there yeah. we are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people are always going to do that, yeah. I mean, there was literally, like, 
yeah, it, just the way he fought was like exactly the same. And even some of the kill animations that he was doing on the enemies were like copy and paste from God of War. So I, I can understand why people are a little bit like that. But obviously, your people always take it that little step too far. It's just like it's not like they're gonna reuse some assets. Like, come like on. yeah, like every exactly. game does like, it. Can, but... can we think of a sequel to a game where there isn't any reused assets? No, like, no, like literally no. I can't think of any. Yeah, you can literally so, look back to any any game from across across anything. Halo, Gears, um, Spider Man's, uh, Horizons. You know, they all they all do it. Oh, let's look at Elden Ring. Elden Ring, <laughs> yeah, Elden Ring takes so much from previous Dark Souls games and Sekiro and Bloodborne and literally everything. Yeah, it just wraps it into a perfect package, really, and just adapts them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Um... God of War could snatch game of the year. Uh, I don't think so. No, I think Elden Ring's got it. I just can't. Like as good as God of War is, and probably will be, at the end of the day, it's a single player narrative, which I know a lot of people love. But there's just, I just don't think it can take um, the spotlight quite like Elden Ring did for like social media and just like its presence the whole on the, on, guys, on the yeah. internet. Like it was just everywhere. Every single streamer, every single YouTuber, all the builds, all the secrets. So I just don't think it will have the same presence, even if God of War smashes it. Um, at least I hope not. Like, I think Elden Ring does deserve Game of the Year. Um, Whoa, Xbox shows his true colours. <laughs> I mean, I say it's so harsh. And they are to, yeah. green. <laughs> it's so harsh to say that Elden Ring deserves Game of the Year over Ragnarok and Ragnarok's not even out yet. So I am being a bit biased, but I don't know. God of War's done it before. It's got Game of the Year before. Fucking give it to Elden Ring. Piss off. I took it. Piss off, God guys. of War, I think, won over um, Dead Redemption on that year, I think, which nobody was expecting. Um, mm. So. Okay. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, I- I'd like to think Elden Ring's got it. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't know. There's like, there's a lot I have to say about Elden Ring now, and I don't. I'm not going to do it right now because we're already a good chunk of time into the show. Um, but yeah. like, it, it, in like in summary, like I feel a bit weird about that game in retrospect. Like, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I ended up like just doing achievement hunting, which I'm glad I did. But it, it became a bit of a chore list. Um, where I'm like. When I think back to the time I had with that game, I'm not like the thing that comes to my head is like, oh my god, what a revolutionary game! Like, I, I don't, yeah, I really don't know. And like, because I remember getting a bit fatigued and getting a bit like, I don't know, I guess I got like a bit salty over like having 600 videos in my subscription box a day. Like, this is what devs can learn from Elden Ring, and yeah. it's like, oh, shut yeah. up, like so condescending. Like, I, it was funny at first when we had the whole, like, Ubisoft, what it would be like when Ubisoft made an Elden Ring. Like, that was funny at first, and we all, you know, we all understand the nuance and the direction of Elden Ring is that it doesn't hold your hand as much. But it's its own thing, and it just started to get a bit annoying that everybody was like, it challenges gaming conventions. And I'm like, I mean, does it? I mean, Dark Souls has been around for a long time. It's yeah. just Dark Souls open world. Exactly. Like, not to, like, take away from how good Elden Ring is, but it is just Dark Souls open world. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. a, that's a wonderful formula, but uh, that's... I don't know. I've, kind of, I've cooled down on Elden Ring quite a lot. 
in the time since finishing it. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I haven't even finished it. Um, so I still need to go back and play it. But I kind of know what you mean. Like, there's there's a... To me, there's a... Like you said, Dark Souls open world formula. Incredible. You know, on paper, it's literally perfect. Like, it's exactly what you wanted. But then it also just makes the game so much bigger and so much more intimidating as well. Like, the thought of me going back to that game and playing it it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I have thousands of things left to do in that game. Like, and it's just like, I don't know, that kind of makes me not go back and play it. Whereas, like, I went back and played Dark Souls 2 so much because it was linear and it was familiar and I could almost, like, speed run it, like, to an extent and stuff like that. Um, at least that's the way I feel about on Ring. Um, but, yeah. I don't know, there's just... Like, it almost is too much. Like, and I haven't even, like, blitzed it and achievement hunted it like you did or, or something like that. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm a bit weird, though, so. And, no, you're not, man. <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think so. This is interesting because this is draw, this draws like a direct parallel to um, another little game. That recently, we saw gameplay of, and everybody said, "Oh, it's too big." <laughs> oh. Starfield. I'm talking about Starfield. Redfall. Oh, Starfield. <laughs> yeah, Starfield. Yeah. Um, that little one. So that's interesting, right? That mm-hmm. Elden Ring was not criticised for its size. In actual fact, everyone was infatuated by the fact that it kept going. Yeah. But now seeing Bethesda tackle something with I don't you know a similar well I don't you know I'm not talking like square miles but like you know in, in terms of ambition and size they're going for big, mm-hmm. and by default that's like bad. Uh, you know I, I th- yeah it's just interesting and and I think to some degree. The, 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 I'm going to say it again the zeitgeist that Elden Ring had in its time really helped everyone's perception of it Cause, and mm. I understand that's part of like the creative direction they wanted for that game that's why there's asymmetric multiplayer you know, it's huge you wander off, you get lost, you're like I don't know where I'm going, this game sucks and then your friend says, have you checked behind the rock in the cave on the northwest where there's a little girl dancing by a tree and you yeah. go there and you're like oh this all makes sense you know, I, I understand that and that, that is brilliant Like that's straight genius, Like asymmetric multiplayer is awesome mm-hmm. um, but it, it's just the fact that I think that all happening in that, like you said, in that month or two really amplified people's perceptions of it so now, now when we're looking back in it in retrospect and that's not really there. It's like, ooh, <laughs> this. It's like a heavy meal. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think maybe it's just like a little bit of just Bethesda's re- uh, like reputation as well to an extent. Like Bethesda don't make the most polished games. Like they they are buggy. They are janky. And then when they say that's they're coming cool. out with something so enormous, that reputation, everyone's just like. This game might be a mess, you know, if it's that big and they're going for qu- uh, quantity over quality. So I think there is a little bit of that as well, maybe. But I mean, I don't have that opinion. Yeah. Like, I trust that they'll they'll nail it, and they've made incredible games. But you, you have to agree that Bethesda do lack a certain polish with a lot of their games. Um, sometimes it's mm-hmm. not, yeah, it's not quite to the extent yeah. like Elden Ring it's- would be. 
That's it, it's fair, I suppose. Yeah, I, I guess it's just it's just a funny like you know sort of discrepancy between if size is the issue, then you know it seems size is always the issue. Size, it, and that is a real shame. You know that is unfortunate for me, really. <laughs> Can we just live in a world where size isn't important, please? <laughs> yeah, please. That would be great. Um, speaking of size, Tim, small things. I want to tiny things. Keep it PG. But don't yeah. always impress. Okay. Just sometimes they put out something unexpected. I'm of course talking about the Division Resurgence mobile game. Yeah. So I haven't hear about this? heard anything about this. I saw it on the notes during the week, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I haven't researched it. <laughs> So tell me about this. I, I just... I mean, what the fuck? I don't know anything about it. All I know is that there's a Division mobile game. That's literally what I know about it. I think it's, like, like a, it's not like a port. It, it, it's its own game. But they're keeping like a similar formula. Like, like it will be like Division. They're not doing like an Elder Scrolls when they did Elder Scrolls Blades or something like that. Are they keeping a similar division formula? They're keeping it as like a third-person shooter, like kind of open world, that sort of thing. Co-op, yeah, I think. Dude, that's so weird. What is? It's so weird. I don't get it. I mean, I just got a new mobile to play the new division game. To be fair, that's why I got this. (laughs) I was kidding when I said uh, nothing about it. Diablo Immortal, yeah, you you fooled us, Tim. Yeah, boy, we feel like we feel stupid. Yeah, that's where uh, that's why I haven't been online all week. It's been playing Diablo uh, Immortal on my phone. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, the game will feature an open world for players to explore, featuring solo and co-op content with modes lifted from the mainline games. There will be new gear and weapons to try out as well. I, I mean, why? I don't want to. Yeah, why? Just, I, I think the biggest question is just why. Like, I like The Division. Like, The Division is... They're good games, man. But, like, just release another mainline on the platforms that you've done before. Like, w- w- like why mobile? I just... I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I guess I guess it makes sense in some sense. Because I, I don't think they're going to do another mainline Division. I'll be really surprised. Because The Division 2 was critically really well received. Yeah, but it didn't do well commercially. You know, I think that the first one damaged the IP too much, um, and it got like you know it definitely had like a dedicated player base, but never really got the friction back to get going again. Um, so I guess they were just like, can we just flip a lot of these assets to make a mobile game? Um, yeah. and this is where we have to try and not have blinders on, you know, console blinders, and think about the bubble because to me, it's like it's like Monster Hunter. We always said. Why is Monster Hunter always on like PSP or a DS? This sort of game is not like good for portable. Portable games are ones you can like pick up and play. Monster Hunter locks into hunting a monster for like 20, yeah. 25, 30 minutes sometimes. Yeah. It's like deeply strategic. There's like a big meta game, you know, like, getting your materials, building the right yeah. things, getting the gems and the skills. This is not it's not suitable for a portable console. Yeah. And Divi- Division kind of makes me think of that a bit because it's like i mean i guess i guess this is the thing like i I just don't know i'm just a bit ignorant about this because like i know shooters have come a long way for mobiles right you know like call of duty mobile like apex if they're working then why not this but i don't know to me 
I just don't know why I would ever touch this. Yeah, I th- I, th- I completely agree with you. I just think the formula just doesn't suit mobile. It's just like you you're not going to just hop in and it's a sort of game. Division is the sort of game where you sit down and you kind of grind it out. You know, you spend a decent amount of time um, doing missions, collecting loot, making builds, all that sort of stuff. It's very in depth. It's not unless they dumb it down like substantially. I just can't see it just being as easy as just you know whip out your phone and play it for ten minutes, put your phone away, and then whip it out again for five minutes while you're on the shitter, and then like I just can't see Division <laughs> just being that sort of game. Had to throw that in there, didn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Everyone uses their mobile yeah. on the on the on the shit. Do it while I piss nowadays. Yeah, it's dangerous though. You might drop well, it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Seen it happen. Um, yeah, I guess it just depends on the design because, like, there was a period of time where I played it when we had stopped playing it, like me and you. Uh, there was like maybe a week where I just like booted it up and just like wandered around while I was listening to podcasts, you know, pop people's heads, use my abilities. I never really went for any of the strikes or mainline missions or anything. I, you know, just kind of wandered around. And I think you can get some enjoyment out of that because I think like the actual like gunplay and the world design of Division is so good. It's so organic and like the the whole like enemy feedback. You shoot them, you know, they re- the reactions are, are like so so good. Like, all of that feels so so good. So I think. There is space for it, I think, to like just you know, if you're like an 11 year old kid and you just want to like shoot stuff, which like you know, that's yeah. like kind of what we did when we were younger as well. We don't really engage with the meta game if somebody happens to drop a sick blue gun, well, yeah, you know. So, mm. yeah, I, I guess that's all it is. Like, let's test the audience of people who don't have consoles, maybe they've heard of the division, they like the shooty shooties, looks yeah. kind of like card, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Maybe it'll do well for us. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't really see it making a big splash, personally. But mobile games surprise me in the weirdest way sometimes, so... Yeah? Speaking of big splashes... Do you have a huge dump this morning? Yes. (laughs) The water went straight back up, and it was horrible. No. Him. Skull and Bones got a re-reveal this week. You know what they call that? that Sorry, just on the a name for it. Is there... Yeah, there it's called Poseidon's Kiss. <laughs> if you plop, if you plop a crap in the toilet and the water splashes your butt. What do you mean they? It's just Who's that's they? the term. It's called a Poseidon's Hermes? Kiss. <laughs> How great is that Odin? name? Though? Just does a little little kiss of water in your butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, <laughs> you were saying. Yeah, speaking of big splashes, yeah, Skull and Bones, Tim. You remember, it's that Ubisoft pirate game where you play, play as a boat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this. This got announced ages ago, didn't it? Yeah, it got announced just after Sea of Thieves, and it's one of those, it's one of those stories that makes me really fucking smug for knowing that there was something special in Sea of Thieves, um, despite the internet you know, losing its shit because it wasn't a very particular type of game that they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Skull and Bones got revealed like not long after Sea of Thieves, I don't think, and everyone was like, Sea of Thieves is dead now, I guess, because, you know, they showed off like some snippets of gameplay and it looked a bit rough, <laughs> but generally there were like progression systems. Like, you, know, you get cannons, you can upgrade your, your fucking boat. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, you know, you buy... So it, it was that. It was a Ubisoft game. If the Sea of Thieves form- formula popped on top, it had vertical progression. You know, you could get better and kill people who were worse. 
that was it. Um, and then it got delayed, and then it got delayed, and then it got rebooted, and then it got delayed, and now we're finally back here, like four years later. Um, and it looks like fine, I guess. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, so is it is it actually out out, or is it like? I don't think they gave a release date, you know. Okay, so it's um, just been sort of like, this is still coming. But like, obviously people have played no, they, betas they gave, and alphas. Gave like a gameplay presentation. Oh, okay. Interesting. What it is, and, you know, they showed off the systems, you know, and it, it really is, fundamentally, it's the same as Sea of Thieves in the sense that sail around, mm. uh, there's this PvPvE, you know. Yeah. The one thing that people wanted from this game was to be able to come off your boat and wander around. Yeah. You don't. You play as your boat. Great. Um, so, you, so like, you can come off at port and you wander around as your character <laughs> like, go to the smithy or to, like, go to the fucking pet shop. I don't know. Or, like, you know, to go to the bar. So you wander around there, but there's no, like, foot combat. Like, you don't walk around the ship. You get on and then you drive your ship like it's a car. And yeah. of that... I think that was disappointing for a lot of people because a part of what people love about Sea of Thieves is that kind of free flow. It blends both, yeah. Yeah, you get out, you know, you go to an island, it like because it it creates a lot more of like dynamism in the gameplay, doesn't it? You, know, you get out, you launch yourself out of a fucking cannon, you land on the top of a mountain, like oh, there's a cave in there. You go in the cave, you misread what the tablet says, and then you can never forget. <laughs> you can never forget what an idiot you were for making that Shut such up. a mistake. No, it's okay. <laughs> Don't talk about okay. that. It's between me and you. Okay, you're right. Correct. I won't do that again. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. That's not right. Um, it looked okay. Like there were some cool features in there that I'm like, oh, that, like that's kind of cool. There was like, uh, I, I think they said that there was like kind of like a bounty system, which was kind of cool. I can't remember the details, so I can't give you any more. But there's stuff like you know, you sink ships and their loot floats to the surface and it stays there and you can go back and get it. You know, it, it's all very Sea of Thieves stuff, stuff that Sea of Thieves has been doing for a long time. But yeah. they've just made, they've, they've Ubisofted it yeah. in like... Yeah, and so you get coins and you upgrade your things. And the, the customization looks really cool. Like, um, in terms of the stuff, you know, you start with a small boat and then you can upgrade to a bigger one and you get crew on your boat you know you like hire crew to come on your boat but they're not like they're not personable or anything they're just like person x and person y that fires cannon x and y Um, yeah 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 and you sort of do the shoot so yeah it's sort of taken the black flag element from assassin's creed black flag Mm -hmm. without the assassin's creed part yeah makes sense yeah yeah which i think is a real shame because one of one of the things I always wanted from Sea of Thieves was more like mobility options, which we, we never got. I mean, we might do, they're still going, but, and I think this would have been a really good opportunity for them to have it. Cause I, I remember in Black Flag, there were times where like, you know, you could, you were like sailing and you would go like parallel uh, along another ship and you could like climb the mass and you could do like the Assassin's Creed parkour onto their mass and jump over it. It was fucking yeah. awesome. It was like so cinematic. There's none of that. Here. You, yeah. you, you play as your boat. Yeah. It kind of just sounds like a, yeah, kind of like a worse black flag um it just sounds like it's having a it's a bit, a bit of an identity crisis just right like i don't know yeah it's a bit weird like, i can kind of see what they were going for but then they cut out such a huge part of what makes a game like that 
a lot more interesting. And then they're also releasing it in a world where Sea of Thieves came before it and just kind of does it to a more laid-back, fun way. And this is, like, a more serious way. And it's like, does anyone really want to play, like, a serious ship-sinking boat game? Like... Well, yeah. Maybe. But... it almost looks like they were re- they read through loads of the forum posts and the initial like let's say in the first six months outrage to see if these and they made a game of it and now that it's yeah. here people are like oh maybe I didn't want that you yeah know, it's like there's a reason see if the you know see if these isn't for everyone and it has an angle um but it's very concise in that angle it's very confident in what it wants to be yeah. Um, Whereas this is kind of a bit of everything in it. Like, is one thing that really bothered me from the showcase here is that if you wanted to play with friends, you would each have your own boat. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that really bothers me. Like, you don't share a boat. You you go as a, a, a like a plot, you know, like a platoon of like three boats. Yeah, I don't know, that's like a bit lame, right? It is a bit lame. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> oh yeah, it, I don't think it looked that visually impressive either, considering it's a, a current gen only game. Like. It was never going to be as good as the water is in Sea of Thieves, but oh, some of the lighting looked good. Some of the colours looked nice because it's you know like in the the Indian Sea and everything. I don't know. I just came away from it like it's just a this bit looks better. fine, I guess. I, yeah, I wouldn't buy it if it was Games Pass. I'd give it a go. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that happened, and once again, I get to be fucking smug about Sea of Thieves and you being love the best pirate game. Yeah, I do. I really do, Tim. I really do. Uh, what? What even? Oh, Gollum! <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I still haven't seen this Go- yet. I, it's been on my list to watch, but <laughs> yeah, it's the Gollum gameplay. Oh no! Tim. Tell me, Dad. <laughs> oh no! Tell me. Um. So okay, so so they booted this up, and I was watching, and I watched like the first thirty seconds, and I was like. I mean, this looks all right. It looks pretty. They've done like a good job with the environment. Like, it's very Lord of the Rings inspired. You know, it's very surprise, surprise. It's like dark fantasy, but it looks right. It was like I, I immediately was like, I'm in Middle Earth. Yeah, and that was really cool. Like, they've done a good job, and there were some like novel environments there that felt like Middle Earth, but looked quite different to what we've seen before in, in like games. Um, and then something happened, oh, and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to recover fully. Uh, Gollum started speaking. Oh, and sounds like sounds like Andy Serkis, <coughs> uh, but he's sixteen years old, and he's had half a balloon of helium hungover. <laughs> Jesus, I Christ. don't know what they were going for. This that is really high does pitched. Does not sound good. He's really high pitched, and it sounds like it doesn't even sound close. Weird. I don't know. Maybe I'm they interested. just thought they, you know, let's not try and replicate. Let's just go for. Our own thing. thing, but there are, but there are so many people who do a good golem. Yeah, like, yeah, it's supposed to be like kind of dark and phlegmy and just like rabid sort of yeah. thing, you know, almost incoherent sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of weird. I'm yeah, kind of interested to hear it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, have a look now. <laughs> Well, if I play it, it might come. If I just bleed through onto the stream, I'm not sure what will happen. People oh, will just don't uh, hear. Oh, me. really? Well, I mean, that would be okay. Well, like, boot it up. Just like turn the YouTube volume down. I'll if it's okay. too loud, I'll let you know. Well, we'll, we'll okay. Back to it, but all right. 
I just headphone listeners, just beware. We're just going to give this a quick go because it will be. Yeah. Be good. Exactly. We might get hit with a copyright strike as well, actually. But you know, well, whatever. All right. I'll I'll do it, and I'll I'll crank the volume down. So. All right. So, uh, Gollum. Gameplay. And the gameplay looks like fine. Is like, it on I, all... I was expecting it to look a lot better. Is it on all platforms? Or is it just Series X and PS5? Oh, oh, that's a good question. I think it is next uh, current gen only. <laughs> the first thing. Lord of the Rings Gollum looks awful. Um, okay, so <laughs> Lord of the Rings Gollum gameplay reveal uh, two days ago. It's like, it's like a minute. So it's quite short, is it? Yeah, that's right. Why does he have so much hair? Is he a young Gollum? Is that why he's high pitched? He doesn't. He doesn't look right. Introducing like, that, the... that character, they have fucked that character up. It does not look right. It doesn't sound right. I don't know what I've done. Okay. All right. So I'm playing it, and the volume's not too high, but like we said, beware. What is it, precious? I can't hear anything. Precious, of course, the precious we want. Okay. I'll just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can hear it. Yeah, it's weird as fuck. It's only a bit of so. That's right, I'm just watching this ring to see if... Oh, she loved Get to higher ground. Oh yeah, we can hear him this ring. That's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> Doesn't sound right. This does. This does not look good. This game. No, no. It's so. It's just everything I've ever seen. All oh, first person Gollum. Let's go. <laughs> this is what we've always wanted. Giving himself a hand job. Throw fi- <laughs> does he even have anything down there? I'm not sure that. I don't know. Dude. He's got a loincloth for a reason, I guess. Loincloth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, dude. Oh, dude, that game looks what so bad. Yeah, right. Like, like it just when that... is everything I've ever seen in in that kind of game. Like, I saw absolutely nothing new there, and I don't know, man. I didn't even think it looked that good, like graphically, like scenery wise. I don't think it looked graphically. I thought I thought the uh, the direction of the environment looked interesting. A bit. It didn't blow me away from what I could tell. Um, but yeah, and that voice, <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> it's just so weird, it's so raspy, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it, it just sounds like a guy, it sounds like a guy. It sounds like, like someone who's just been out and they've been to like a, a concert or a festival and they've like lost their voice and they're, it's like, yeah. it's like the next day and they come back and they're like, ah! Hey guys! Yeah, it's like someone's <laughs> lost their voice. Yeah, sounds awful. My pilsner. Yeah. So that was Gollum. Still Great. not looking good. Uh, it's such a rip. Um, everything about that is such a rip. Why make a game of Gollum, dude? Rather have a game based around Samwise. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Just gardening. Just like a sort of a Stardew Valley. <laughs> Samwise gardening, <laughs> give me that shit over yeah. Gollum, please. Yeah. 
Yeah. Every now and again, like if you plant grass too close to Bilbo's house, Gandalf comes out and Samwise is like, "I ain't dropping no eaves, sir," and he's like, "Oh, oh that's it. That's the, that's the gameplay, Luke. That's don't get too gameplay. close." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I just don't see what what is what will Gollum's journey be? What will his story be? I just don't understand like what the stakes are here. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, is I he are, is he just trying to get that... like a new loincloth? No, like, I, the narrative's <laughs> got to be, like, the, the only part of the game that I have any real interest in. Because they could do a lot with Gollum. Gollum's, like, one of the most interesting characters in Middle-earth. Like, maybe it's about him discovering his humanity or, like, hob- hobbinity or whatever. Um, I don't know. And then he doesn't. I, you know, he's interesting. But I'm with you, like, in terms of a gameplay loop. Like, am I just throwing rocks at orcs or slapping them with dead fish? Like yeah. What what what's going on here? Sounds like it. So yeah. Anyway, that's Colin. Not good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, last mini story uh, for today. Uh, would you believe it? Uh, is have you heard of the game Inscription, Tim? No. Inscription's like one of those. It was like a really well reviewed indie game. Came out maybe a year or two ago. It's a deck builder. It's a deck builder horror game. Um, where I, I don't know the premise. I've tried to stay away from spoilers. It always looked right up my alley. Um, okay. Everyone said it's amazing. Um, yes. They finally announced it's coming to console. Reviews are great. On PlayStation. Oh. On PlayStation only. Fantastic. Why did you just? I just looked it up. I was like ten out of ten card building, like deck game, and then you just fucking, you just say that shit to me. Sorry. Well, I do have a PlayStation Five, so maybe, maybe I'll still play it. But do you know this is a trend that's starting to annoy me, Um, and this goes both ways, Um, which is games that are on PC for a long time, which look cool, and I have to wait two years report and then mm-hmm. one of the publishers lock up a time like a timed exclusivity deal for a further year it's like oh my god <laughs> by the time i get to play this game i saw i'm literally going to be another half decade older yeah and that's gonna one day have you ever thought about that one day that's gonna happen and we're gonna die yeah <laughs> we're going to probably perish. probably we're gonna be year. waiting for something <laughs> we're gonna be waiting and we're going to die. We're going to die not getting to play the thing that we were waiting for because some fucking grease monkey CEO was like, lock it down. Monkey. And I'm like, I'm living off my pension. I can't afford another console with a PlayStation 8. You know? And I'm going to yeah. die. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's it. You'll be six feet under before you ever get to play this game. This Scary theoretical shit, game. It's got very existential all of a sudden. Yeah. Jesus. Are you good? Are you good to finish off the show? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I hate that sort of shit, man. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's just like a constant carrot dangle, isn't it? Just. Yeah, I'd rather. Like, wait a bit I've, longer. Yeah. I've always said it. I'd rather just be like, yeah, it's never coming. Just, if you want this, buy a different console. Rather than just like, oh, it might be. Actually, no, it's not. Well, it might be this time. Oh, it no, it's not. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> That's a damn shame. Yeah. Like, you literally could have gotten my money. Like, you could have gotten my money. 
<laughs> you didn't. I died. Yeah. My heart stopped beating. Congrats. <laughs> Prick. And now I'll haunt you. Yeah, that's it. So, anyway, th that game is like right up my alley. I was dead excited to play that, and when I looked around and saw that it was just it's like a time exclusive, I was like really disappointed. So, Steam Deck, mate. Sure, anyway. Exactly. This is it. I need I need a Steam Deck for these sort of games. Um, I what else was I gonna say? I can't remember. Next story. Let's move on because we're we're. Yeah, we're looking to go well over. We need to start speeding up. I think we're okay, actually, because we, we are like 20 minutes on the pre-show, so like, we're like an hour and a bit in. Oh, okay. Alright. No stress. Uh, Alright. So, next thing is about games with gold, Tim. I'd be, what a service for me, right? It's good, isn't it? Uh, no, in all honesty, I didn't know it was still happening. <laughs> I'm I'm joking because it's like yeah it's, it's a joke. Well, it's been a joke for a while. Games with mold, am I right? Well, nice. There goes our sponsorship for anything Xbox related. Yeah, so I get personal DM from Phil. Yeah. Like, if you fucking if you pull that shit again, I will shut you down. <laughs> yeah, you guys are gaining way too much traction on the internet. <laughs> like, you can't be saying shit like that. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, the thing, the actual story here is that um, going forward, like presumably next month, going forward, Games of Gold will no longer have 360 titles. As you know, it's been Xbox One games and 360 games. The only like thing here that people are really mad about is the fact that with 360 games, so like you know, when they first introduced the service, you got to keep those games. If you click download on them, it were yours forever. Yeah, yeah. You don't get that with the Xbox One games that you lose access when they drop out of gold. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh. Um, so just like how Games Plus works, but it was, it was a big thing. They made a big deal out of it with the 360 versus PS Plus. They said you own these games on 360 if you've downloaded them. Um, anyway, that's going... It's obviously not the end of the world. Some people are understandably upset because they, you know, they have a lot of nostalgia and love for, for the games that would come out every month, and they could own them and they could go back and play them. Um, but uh, I'd rather they put the investment in Games Pass, guys. That's just me. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's not just you; it's me too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And together we're an army. Yeah, that is true. That is true. An army of ants. Actually, I meant to say. Um, 
did you see there's some a, a couple of like outlets have done like previews for dark tide in the last week like skill up did a big video like 25 minute long oh, video no. overview yeah. and impression oh. of dark tide watch just while we're on topic of games pass um, yeah because game looks shit hot gonna be right oh, does it? Shit hot. okay god i was really nervous there yeah i i thought you were literally <laughs> saying game looks shit and you were like shit hot <laughs> and i was like oh thank god away, away. thank god he said shit hot um oh Still, nice man. he was really impressed with it awesome. really impressed with it um the gameplay looked like great yeah i'm increasingly excited about that and yeah because that's that games pass day one for that is wonderful that's august isn't it Yes, so that's next month now, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, I think it's August. Yeah, I think it's August. All right. <laughs> yeah, August is next is month. September. Yeah. I know August is next month, but is it coming out in August? I think it's August. Yeah. I'm not absolutely certain on that. Let's fact check. Ba da ba ba ba. It's the QR fact check. <laughs> we need a jingle for that. Oh no, thirteenth of September looks like it's the it's the segment of the show where we breathe heavily into our microphones tap on the keyboard for about 15 seconds and we give you the answer it's very it's very exciting <laughs> yeah it's the best part some people stuff. come only for this um yeah so it's 13th of september from what i could tell here yeah so we were wrong so it's not oh, far into september months. but yeah when's plague's tale that's september as well isn't it oh yeah, so a couple more months. It's not too. It's not too bad. I hate it when there's no games for a long period of time, and then there there's so many games in like a month or two. Yeah. You know? I mean, in all honesty, I'm playing Monster Hunter quite a lot anyway, um, and I'm sure. That's true. I'm sure we'll be um, playing other stuff on Xbox, like Naraka and stuff when. When we actually sit down and do our gaming sessions. But yeah. No, Plague Tales October. Okay, yeah, maybe. I'm sure we will. Um, let's see. Um, okay, so that's the games with gold bit. A quick rundown of the new games coming to Games Pass. Um, Pepper Pig, Tim, come to Games Pass. Let's fucking go. Are you serious? I'm dead serious, man. Don't I, was, try not I to... almost just dropped 50 quid on that the other day. That's I'm so excited. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't think this you could sound any more uninterested there. You're like, <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> God, I jumped in. I was maybe. doing my best to be excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Pepper Pig's oh. hype, man. But a little bit more hype. Not actually, probably a bit, a little bit less. Uh, Yakuza games are coming as well, by the looks of it. Yeah, Yakuza games. I thought I thought we got all of the Yakuza games, but I guess maybe they didn't go this far back in the catalogue. Yeah, I guess not. When, when Like a Dragon came out, they announced that last year, um, and they brought a couple of games. Maybe it's three onwards. Maybe but this is zero. Mm. So I can't even see that. Zero and two and then another one. So, yeah. Um, but what we've got here, just to quickly read through it for the audio listeners, in case you haven't already seen, we've got Last Call, BBS. Don't know what that means. That's on PC. Um, DJ Max, Respect V. Don't know what that means. That's on Cloud Console on PC. Match Point Tennis Championships. Speaks for itself. Road 96. I remember this one. Yeah. 
The yeah. the title card looks very familiar to me, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it was like a indie game with some really interesting ideas. I have to check that after the show actually, because that, that actually I think was quite interesting when I saw it a while back. Um, okay, we've got Escape Academy Cloud and PC. We've got my friend Pepper Pig. Let's fucking go. So fucking. Just, hard, this dude. is so. Listen to the fucking summary of it. Help find Daddy Pig's glasses. Follow forest tracks. Splash in muddy puddles and more. Every playtime is different. That's crazy. <laughs> I wonder what the mud physics are like. Yeah. There better be 4K mud puddles or I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> there will be ray tracing in those mud puddles. <laughs> Everybody knows we have reflective mud. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up we've got Overwhelm on PC. We've got Paw Patrol, the movie. Uh, Cloud Console and PC. Uh, Power Wash Simulator, Cloud Console and PC. That game has like a really cult following. Power Wash Simulator. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of simulators do. I, I think like Lawn Mowing Simulator had a really good following as well. But I wasn't yeah. certain about Power Washing Simulator. <laughs> well, I've seen the like the game because you like you like go to people's you know front runs or whatever, and you like blast the mold away between the tiles, and you like get right in the cracks, you know, Ooh, and you like push the mud go. away. Yeah, and it's like it's not really satisfying. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. Uh, House Flipper. This is another kind of like uh, it's sort of simmy game, but you know you go into a shit. I'm gonna try and get Beth to play this sometimes because she she loves this sort of stuff. But you know you go into like a rubbish house and you you know you flip in something nice, yeah. sell it for more based on how well you do, buy better tools, go to worse houses, you know things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun ideas. So there's all sorts of fun ideas for like ID, um, uh, Xbox games um, with yeah. Um, and then in terms of DLC updates, Marvel Avengers introduces Jane Foster as the mighty Thor. That's yeah, that's it though, I think. A um, couple of bucks, but th- those were all the additions. So not not a big month for me. I'm going to have a look at Road 96. Um, some people are quite excited about Matchpoint, like, because there aren't many tennis games nowadays. But And I guess without saying Pepper Pig is... Yeah, yeah. Tick. God dear. Yeah, shit's going to so, download right after this podcast. Yeah, gotta gotta get in those muddy puddles. See what that's all about. Um, next up, Activision Blizzard is being investigated in our homeland, Tim, in the UK, in the um, United of Kingdoms. That's right. Yes, the United Kingdom's Com- Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, is investigating Microsoft's. Activision Blizzard acquisition. The CMA will announce its decision whether to refer the merger for an in-depth investigation by September 1st. So most people seem confident this ain't going to slow anything down, but it's big enough for CMA to say, hmm, we're going to have a look just to check that this is good for everyone in the UK. Yeah. Um, and not yeah. bad. But, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. The general. Yeah, the, you know, we, we spoke about this ad nauseum on the show everyone else has you know we this is good overall yeah especially given how much of a fuck fest blizzard has blizzard become is, yeah <laughs> exactly uh, and xbox is you know um much better you know i don't want to say a slightly less fuck fest because from what i understand xbox is a good place to work so yeah that's where we're at with that um it's, it's going to be crazy because we're going to have to keep talking about this for a while, but eventually one day is going to come to him where that deal closes. 
Yeah. I wonder what happens on that day. Uh, what on that day? I mean, we get them, right? Back to we, Liz. Me and you. Yeah, yeah, we get them, yeah. We'll have them on our podcast and we'll have them like, talk a bit yeah. about the whole happenings with the with the deal and everything. Um, we'll get Mikey Barra. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it's going to be pretty hype. You know, there's, it will come with a lot of stuff, no doubt. I think it will come with tons of Games Pass editions as well. Um, I think they'll just lob. I mean, yeah. even though like Overwatch cut it in there already... But um, and most interestingly, it will decide the fate of that um, survival game that they're building. E Blizzard survival game. Yeah. Mm, whether or not that will be console yeah. exclusive, whether or not it'll be Games Pass, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's. I can't help but think that that's going to be the Xbox's Starfield. In you know. In terms of being Bethesda's big game. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's the next big thing Blizzard are working on and they've, they're pouring a lot of attention into for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm dead excited to see more of that. And, you know, you, we, you've got to imagine behind the scenes, even though they're not allowed to you know, really confer or um, you know, make any sort of deals at the moment while this is going through. Uh, you've got to imagine someone behind the scenes is like, don't reveal this fucking game. You keep this yeah. under wraps, and then we will take it from there. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, pay for the know. marketing, or buy your breakfast, or do your dishes. We'll, yeah, but it's ours. It's going on Games Pass. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if it means like Diablo Four will be lobbed like straight into Games Pass when that deal comes through and they're officially ours and stuff. At that point, we right, probably we I- would have bought it anyway, right? But. Well, that's what makes this so interesting, I think, is like the timing of it is the timing of when the deal goes through is a big deal for Xbox because, I mean, they get Blizzard in its entirety anyway, but like the revenue generated, it'll, you know, the mind share really will hinge on how close the acquisition happens to the Diablo 4. Mm. You know, imagine the fuckery that would happen if like one week before. Deal closes. They do like a one minute, you know, you know they did like a trailer for Bethesda where they like had game different games together and they were like, "Welcome to the family," blah blah. Yeah. Like, blah, 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 blah. That <laughs> they do that for Blizzard, and then the very end it says, "Releasing next week, Diablo Four, play a day one against Bass." Yeah. And like they couldn't announce that beforehand because the deal hadn't gone through, but they dropped that like a week before because they're like, "This was always the plan, but we just couldn't say it officially." Um, yeah. That's. A big deal, you know. It's a very big deal. Yeah. I mean Diablo four it still hasn't even got a release window yet, has it? So it, yeah, did it, we ever get anything? Was it twenty twenty three? I can't remember. I don't even think it got a release window, if I'm honest. Um another QRP fact check. He's typing on his keyboard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it just says uh, all hell breaks loose in 2023, so I think you're right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's which is what I mean. Like, they've, you know, the, the anticipation was that the deal closed in June, and I can't help but think that someone is saying, take your time. 
take your time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Phil sneaking into the office and like snipping a green wire here or there. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> slow it down. Slow it down. So it's it's... Like, I don't know. So the deal oh, was expected to finish next year, June. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. Supposedly, supposedly the deal is moving quite smoothly. It's going quite quickly. So it could close a bit early. That may be in, in Q1. Um, but yeah, it's quite ambitious. And, you know, they want to give themselves enough of a runway for this sort of stuff. Um but it's just funny because, like, I'm actually just now because we, we usually talk about this from the Xbox side of things. But like, maybe you know, if you think about the the, the Blizzard side of things, maybe they would prefer to release like once they've been acquired. Like, I'm trying to think what would be beneficial to them. Does that mean they have more resources for marketing? They have access yeah. to more technologies, you know, for distribution and whatever. Like, I don't know Diablo if that... really need marketing though. But yeah. Exactly. That the other side of it is Activision's huge. Like they they do this stuff by themselves anyway. So like I yeah. wonder actually, maybe it just becomes more complicated for them if they release once they're under the, you know, under Xbox. So yeah, potentially. Yeah. So we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, just, just an interesting little, little thing. Yeah. Um, right. I totally that totally disorientated me. Okay. So the Redfall thing was next, Tim, and I just saw this today. Um, so there was like a little interview that IGN did. They had some new information in. Um, so what I've done on the notes here, I've pretty much just copy pasted the whole thing. I've made the questions in bold and I've like highlighted the bits in red, which were interesting. So I say we just take this kind of bit by bit and we just have a chat about what we think about each highlighted point that I've gone through. Okay. And we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah. Um. So I do want to say that this, for whatever reason, this interview overlapped loads with the interview that they, that IGN did with them previously. Okay. Yeah. Like there was literally word for word the same answer. So I don't know if it was the same, it's the same interview, but the one we saw was just edited down. No. And now this is just the written version, but like, yeah, there, there's more, there's new information. So, um, first question was, does the story change based on who you play? And again, this was with, um, Harvey Smith, is that his name? Harvey Smith, I think, yeah. Um, he's the creative director. Um, and the question, the first question, yeah, uh, does does the story change change based on who you play? Um, the short answer was no. Uh, but different characters have different dynamic dialogue, you know, depending on who you're with. Um, yeah, they've got more, they've got more dynamics, uh, narrative systems to speak about later. But that's that's kind of the thing, and it, you know, it speaks to the whole solo approach that they've spoken about before that. You know, this can be very much soloed as a as a solo experience. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we I think we've spoken about before as well is um, whenever on like all the videos, there's always someone in the comments like, "Are oh, these characters talk too much? God, they're annoying." Yeah. Uh, he he addressed that here. He said, um, "You know, I'll have a look at the comments every once in a while, and I'll see somebody say, I hope they don't talk this much during the game. They're very chatty.'" And he says, and that's true, they don't. For marketing purposes, we just double down on the dialogue that's in the trailer. Otherwise, okay. there's not moments of stress. That's interesting, yeah. I didn't have clarification. So of an issue with that, but oh. yeah, sure. No, neither did I, but uh, people people are like really burnt out on like... Uh, I really hate calling it this, but like, mar- like Marvel dialogue. Yeah. Which is silly because it's just... 
it's just like witty comment. It's just like, you know, witty dialogue. That's literally it. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, that really triggers people because there's a, a portion of, like, the, you know, the gaming minority, the, the vocal, vocal gaming minority that just wants, like, stoic, silent dads. And that's it. Nothing else. No, no laughter allowed. Yeah. No smiling here. Well, I mean, that, yeah, it's the best. I do like my protagonist to not say anything and just grunt all the time. It's the, it's, it's the best. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's not mo- there's not multiple endings, which is probably no surprise to anyone. But um, I, th- I think, oh, maybe there was. I mean, there was like I suppose there were like slightly different variations on endings in Prey. I don't know if there wasn't Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were very very slight in the sense that you got like a different. Um, montage at the end based on what you've done like if you went high chaos low chaos and the decision at the end so, yeah. so i guess a little bit but um, not too surprised i suppose with it being a co-op game or having co-op as part of it next question arcane games are usually big on player choice and consequences in redfall's announcement it was said that our actions change redfall setting are there are there many branching paths or major choices with consequences um the short answer is is no, there's not branching missions, but um, within the campaign, there's side missions, there's like nests, you know, there's safe house missions. There's a variety of side missions with different objectives and stuff um, and uh, events and dynamic events to happen out in the open world. Um, but yeah. the actual plot doesn't have sort of like branching storylines. Yeah, so more like Expected. POIs and kind of things to do. Similar to like Spider-Man, where you're like flying around the city, you can stop like active crimes or stop and just take down like a camp or something like that. You know, I guess something similar to that. Yeah, definitely. And he he speaks more about it, um, and in one of the further questions as well about kind of what those POIs are, um, which sound really interesting. Yeah. Um, so the next question was kind of about the end game. What's the end game like? What are the player goals? Are there better stats for optimization, character levels, um, or something else entirely? And they said, essentially, yeah, this is kind of new to us. Um, and we're not really ready to talk about it yet because it's still underway. But we support all of our games for a long period of time after they come out with DLC or enhancements. And you can look at our past and see all of that, ranging from the Knife of Dunmore, Brigmore Witches, or Moon Crash for Prey. And actually, you know, I think we had a conversation about this the other week about, is it going to be live service or not? Um, seems mm. like the answer's no, really. Here. It's just like d- DLC chunks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's a bit better, I think. Um, okay. Um, so will it be harder for players who choose to go in alone or is it balanced so that it's more challenging for more people? And this was a really good way to explain it, I think. And he said, you know, all of our games make a Venn diagram. You know, if you think about, you know, the Venn diagram of, of Arcane and that circle. And he said, if you lay them on top of each other, they overlap heavily. You know, there's like Dishonored and then there's like Prey. And, you know, they, they, they overlap with, with the very slight differences. Um, Dishonored yeah. is still focused. Prey is a seamless sort of contiguous environment with a continuous flow of time. And it's physics focused. Deathloop added multiplayer. Mooncrash added roguelike elements. And Redfall falls on that same Venn diagram. It'll have a lot of the same arcane creative values, narrative-rich space. The location is a character, which would put a lot of history into the place. Immersive movement through the body, through the action, through the climbing, the sliding, and all of that stuff. And then, of course, the game mechanics that interact in interesting ways and ways that sometimes surprise us. 
So yeah. more and more doubling down, I think, on that. Uh, it's still an arcade <laughs> game. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you can play it co-op. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and they mentioned sort of stealth here as well. So they're sort of, it's not a super hardcore stealth game, but stealth is a factor. The AI is based on awareness with sight and sound, and you can use stealth to get an advantage on people or to bypass the conflict or whatever, or whatever to avoid fighting if you're wounded or weak. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you a question about this. Are there any co-op games that we've ever played where stealth has been a viable component? Mm, I don't think so. No. I won't accept Sniper Elite. Damn it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, that's a good question. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure nothing's coming to mind. No. It's pretty much so, always just guns, guns blazing or abilities blazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's... Um, I, and I like that. I like that angle of, of this game is that stealth is a sort of a... It's not a stealth game, but stealth is definitely a way you can approach things. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. it's really interesting. And I think I think people are f- um, really not piecing together because when you start to put all these elements together that they, we've spoken about before and they're speaking about here today, you know, with like, there's infiltration, there's a safe house here, but it's already occupied the, by the militia and there's the front door, but it's heavily guarded. There's the roof and there's a drop-in from the top, but it's hard to get up there without making noise. There's the underground bit. Oh, but you need a lock key to get in there. Are you mm. going to stealth? Are you going to shoot through? Like, I think all of these factors are really interesting. And I, I like, like we said before, I think this stuff is very, very hard to make, to, to market. Um, and the more you read about this, the more you realise, ah, this is going to come together just like an arcane game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and actually, maybe I should save this point. Well, my essentially what my because they they speak about it here they say that basically when you're playing with more people, it becomes a bit more chaotic. You know, the solo experience is designed to be quite like spooky, okay, um, and immersive. But of course, the more people you get in, the more kind of the the more that goes away, and that's where they're like, we're not going to try and go, we're not going to try and make you feel spooked out, even though you've got three other friends and you're chatting shit together. So yeah. the the mood lightens, and that's why there's quippy dialogue. Makes sense. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it would all just fall kind of flat, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That that makes complete sense when when you're teaming up with friends and stuff like that. Um, it's yeah. like it. It's to by the sounds of it, it's to avoid. You know, people call it like what do they call it ludo narrative dissonance. It's that idea that there's like a you know like a. A contradiction between what you're doing in game and what's happening in the story. Yeah. Like, you know, you're playing as Batman and he goes into a cutscene and he's like, I'll oh, never, you know, I never, can, we can't kill people. And then you like kill 150 people. With yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, <sighs> so yeah, I think it's that. It's, it's like they're, they're just aware of the fact that when you start throwing people together, they're going to be chatting, they're going to be having a good time. And so the, the quippy dialogue is just to match that. So mm-hmm. that, yeah. So, which I thought was an interesting like and considered that was why that that's the case and it makes me want to play this with just you <laughs> i don't ever want to play this four players anymore like i feel like yeah. it would take all suck all the atmosphere out of it which arcane is really good at do you know it's, what i mean especially when some of our friends play games in a very different style to how we do 
and I feel like they might just completely ruin the experience a little bit. I mean, just imagine playing with Caden. He just just sprints through. What does that do? What does that do? What does that do? Yeah. yeah, speed runs everything, <laughs> skips all dialogue, and just doesn't know how half the game works. He's that sort of player. Um, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Honestly, the more I'm hearing about this game, the more I'm like, I kind of actually just want to play this solo, or the, or at the most like two player. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm totally with you. Yeah, it's not the sort of game I want to. Yeah, maybe hop on and play with four people anymore. The more I learn about it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Or at the very least, I'll have like a solo character and then a carp character. You know, I'll have two two running in tandem. Um, yeah, yeah. Just try and get different sides of it, but yeah. Okay, Tim. Oh, tough topic. Uh, yes. All players have the freedom to leave their group and co-op and explore on their own, encountering enemies and things to do on their own. Or is there something tying everyone together? different builds along the way we've had different answers to that question at one point we just let you wander to the opposite sides of the world but the game is tuned such that the game gets harder with more people due to your chances of survival you're encouraged to come back together we may ship with tethering but it will be pretty generous maybe a few hundred yards or something i hope most of the time you probably won't notice it anyway but it becomes a different thing the way our world is set up it's better if you gravitate back to the group thoughts yeah I don't know. I'm still just not a fan on tethering. Like, I feel like it's you can just give the the player the choice of whether or not they want to stick to the group or not. Um, just forcing a player's hand to do something is is never ideal. Um, and it, it just sounds like a very generic response, you know. Like, oh, stick together, your chances of survival are higher. It's just like it's just a generic response to try and justify tethering, um, which is an annoying mechanic at the end of the day um but i i just don't understand the angle though like i don't i i never like tethering yeah even when because people always say like oh but it's pretty big and it's like that's fine why then yeah exactly why not just i I don't understand the rationale yeah i don't because we had the same conversation about halo whenever it was like two weeks ago or last week whatever and they they said the same thing they were like oh yeah there's gonna be tethering it's really big uh um, it's gonna be there. Um, yeah. I say, but why? If it's Is gonna it be so big, if it's gonna be so big that you could potentially still just split off from each other and be separated anyway, then why not just make it uncapped? Why not just not have it there? Yeah. Just At least I, I don't. Like, surely if the concern here is that players are gonna wander off and die on their own, like they'll learn. Like, exactly. Is that not arcane? Is is always like. The whole thing is that it's interacting systems. Let me learn that this, that type of approach does not work well with the systems in the game because there are vampires hiding in bins or in the dark or, you know, in a plug socket. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be but cool. I die. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, just leave it up to the player to learn to learn what what went wrong and change accordingly. Um, don't think that will dampen their experience of the game. But oh, go shit! I ran away from the group and I keep dying. It's just like, well, a lot of players will end up just gravitating back to the group naturally. Like at some point, like like because this is one of those things that it seems so obvious to us when we're on the outside. But like they must have like good data 
like good focus testing of people that come in and play and they do just that they just sprint off die sprint off die and they just get disengage they write the feedback and they're like it's really shit it's too hard yeah that that must happen because i don't know if there's matchmaking in this game like maybe that would be a more justified reason maybe like I'd be okay with like prompts, you know. You think about how Apex works; the characters speak to each other. They say, "Oh, we're really far away." I'd be like, oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. It's like give me an audio prompt, or like you could put it on the HUD if you really want to. I don't think that would be nice, but just give me an audio prompt. Let the characters talk. Um, yeah, yeah. I just never see the point. I've never heard a rationale, a good point, uh, unless it's a technical limitation. Like I assume it wasn't State of Decay because it's a smaller team and you know running on Xbox One at the time and etc mm-hmm. so and see for this one yeah no agreed it's not good regardless yeah okay um how open is the open world is the open world what are our limitations is it more like breath of the wild where you can go anywhere wherever or do we have to stick to certain areas until we're ready for the next challenge it's very open but for what it's worth it's made to be an on-foot game with people talking about square footage what's appropriate is different based on what you're uh, on whether you're just running and walking or whether you have vehicles or fly on a dragon or whatever. Ours is an on-foot urban exploration game, so it's the right size for that. Um, yeah. He said, he said that at first when they were designing it, it was too open almost, uh, and there wasn't enough blocking away or channeling you, but it's very open rooftops, alleys and streets of this small town, just like a sort of a fishing community. Um, obviously taken over by vampires. And this is the interesting thing that I highlighted here, is that the one thing that we do in terms of gating pretty heavily is that we divided the world into two districts. District 1 is the first half of the missions, and it's the downtown part of Redfall. And District 2 is more rural. It's farms, lighthouses, churches, things like that. Heavily divided into two parts. Would that mean that they're literally, like, different sections of the game? That, like, you would specifically, like... The campaign would be like, you know, you do some missions over in this district, you do some missions over in that district, and potentially load, like loading times and stuff like that. That like would dying, suck. dying light did that, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. That would potentially not. suck. Yeah, yeah. I found that weird about I found that weird about dying light where you get to the next area, but you can like see it, and you could like the the like the the forest that separated you from between the areas wasn't even that big and if you yeah. tried to fly over it you just hit an invisible and die i was like what <laughs> yeah it's really weird really weird design choice yeah. yeah so yeah hopefully not i mean they keep calling it an open world you know they keep going on about how world is open you can explore everywhere so you know i hope not. i hope there is that freedom to just wander off and get fucked <laughs> like you know yeah buy a hyper powerful zombie uh zombie vampire yeah no agreed yeah i'd like that yeah. Oh, actually, I missed something a bit further up just to make sure I cover it, by the way, because they mentioned something about the the um, the question was about the most challenging gameplay as- play aspect, and they said that there are there are boss fights which are very hard. The vampire gods. Ooh, that's hype. And what he said a bit later down was uh, when the storms kick off and the rook shows up, so one of the special type of vampires, that would be very difficult as well. Um, so you know the the big vampire we saw at the end of the first trailer with had like four arms and it was like you know yeah yeah burning the sun off that's one of the vampire gods oh, um, okay yeah that's pretty cool kind of gives me like Va- valkyrie vibes from like god of war or something mm, that'd be cool yeah definitely I'd like that uh what 
happens next. What's that door shown in the trailer? Is that the psychic nests? Are these replayable if you miss something in them, like a collectible, or are these required to complete an optional challenge? You know, we're talking about the, the door that the like phased in. And... reality thing. Yeah, that's definitely what it looked like, yeah. And they said... Um... So we have a bunch of very dynamic systems, like where storms can happen, for example. This one special type of vampire shows up in the storms. And we have these vignette scenes, which we'll go into detail in about... Uh, at some point which are full-on scenes with characters and loot and you can approach them in different ways we have south we have safe houses for this neighborhood capture system where you go neighborhood by neighborhood capturing different parts of the town taking them back making them safe again and we'll get into that too there's there's a lot here they clearly haven't spoken about yeah yeah so much yeah i like the idea of this being like a like you go and take back that neighborhood and it's safe and it's defended and you know let's say perk of that is that it regenerates ammo for you mm. and like lock picks or resources very occasionally it can be dynamic in the sense the vampires take it back and if you don't go and sort it out at the right time we'll go back to being the vampire control again or militia control or whatever mm. yeah in, I, th- I think it's interesting yeah no that'd be pretty cool yeah but then like um they haven't they haven't said that's a thing though have they where it's like you take it over but they can take it back or whatever it's just kind of just like it might just be assassin's creed style be static yeah one and done yeah you do it that's your base now or yeah yeah it very much might be but it's more the fact that he said yeah you know you 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 take the neighborhood and you take them back and you make them safe again but we've Mm. got more to talk about so it sounds like there's a bit more yeah yeah Um, definitely yeah Maybe there's not. It's just, it's just the fact that he said that he says that a lot of times throughout this interview that there's a lot of systems they clearly haven't touched on that much yet, um, which I think is quite exciting. But maybe that will help people distinguish like the systems of the game here because a lot of people feel that the game looks a bit too generic at the moment. Whereas we know, like the, these systems are going to be heavily thought about, um, be engaging. So, hmm. um, first left off the first question about the psychic nest because I realised what I said didn't actually answer that question, uh, but it's on the next bit. So uh, Harvey then says, and then, as you guessed, we have a feature called Nests, which are kind of a shared psychic space where the vampires are basically sort of tripping together on what we call the blood trance. Different rules exist inside the nest. The psychic space doesn't have to adhere to normal architectural boundaries, and that's why in the trailer you see them go to a movie theatre and instead of the screen, it transitions into this wilderness-looking environment. But yes, that's a nest. Um, They're not required... Uh, but at the center of the nest, there's a powerful psychic remnant uh, in it that you want, basically. And remnants, I know, just know this from him talking about the game, are like uh, they're like charms, essentially. Okay. Like magic. Yeah. Like they give you powers or augment your stuff in a particular way. Okay. Um, and they're procedure they're, they're procedurally generated, which I thought was interesting. I didn't think that this game had a level of procedural generation in it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. So, but the sounds of it, these nests pop up at different times. You know, they generate, they've got different tile sets um, and they're stitched together kind of dynamically. So yeah, kind of interesting. Again, I, I didn't realise that that was a thing. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's that's opened it up quite a bit more. That's, that's made them seem a bit more exciting to me. Yeah, mm. for sure. Okay, so Miranda follows up. Sorry, Miranda Sanchez, I did the interview, so just name drop there. Um, 
are there a lot of procedurally generated parts to the game? Um, the the short answer was kind of like yes and no. Um, uh, and he spoke about there being a lot of overlapping systems, like how um, the ambient spawn of enemies depends on the time of day as the sun rises and the moon sets. I didn't realize there was a time of day system in this, but this seems to indicate there's a time of day system. I always, I'm always a fan of a night and day system where the sun's yeah. setting and you think, oh shit, we need to get somewhere safe before like dying light, right? Yeah, that was great. And yeah, in dying light, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I kind of assumed that would be here. Well, you didn't assume that. No, I, well, I thought in the gameplay, I thought that I, I, I had pieced together in my mind that that they had the vampires had blocked out the sun. No, I think that for, was probably the, just like a cinematic, time. like we said, of one of the vampire yeah. gods showing up. And then maybe for 20 minutes, that happens. It's like an event. You have to take him down to get the sun back or something like that. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah like maybe like, it, you know, there's like a usual day and night cycle, but occasionally in the middle of the day, this vampire shows up and you have like a minute because he's accelerating sunset. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I think it's something like that. But yeah, I always assumed there would be day-night cycles, so that's not too much of a surprise for me. But yeah, yeah, because he, he said he says like vampires are more dormant during the day, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and like presumably the militia more dormant at night. Um, on top of all of that, Arcane is known for AI that is sight and hearing based. Even if your game is not a hardcore stealth game, having an AI that's like that's like that just generates gameplay. Like you're moving across the world and you're moving into an area and you don't realize that you made a sound back there and somebody's following you now. Or you accidentally lead a group of enemies into another group of enemies and they fight. That kind of AI is what we do. Whether it's Prey, it's Deathloop, it's Dishonored or Redfall. No matter the rest of the structure of the game is, it gives you a lot of dynamic gameplay. So it's procedural in nature. It's a good answer. Good answer, isn't it? Yeah, a plus yeah, on that one. Like genuinely. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Um, there's a big blot of text here that I was originally going to read out, but I'm not going to because I appreciate this is quite a dry segment. Um, so um, essentially, he, he, I, I would recommend going to read the, the article, but um, he, he has a big sort of um, little story about uh, the scenario he went through about luring enemy factions into another. So far, we know of three. We know of vampires um, uh, and two different militias. Uh, one of them is called the, the Bellwether, uh, Bellwether Soldiers, and there's, there's another one that I can't remember the name of right now. Um, so we know that they're going to fight uh, right two more questions just to finish this off then Tim um, one of them is is ammo rare or is it easy to find um, and he said I would love to do a mode where it's super rare but it's somewhere in the middle for this it's not like your ammo starved all the time but it's also not like you have infinite ammo typically when you fight people they'll drop some kind of ammo the stake, la the stake launcher has found quote unquote ammo it fires broken broom handles or pool cues or fireplace pokers or something like that. So there'll be a bundle of stuff like that on the ground that you can load into it. If you're exploring an old boat on the harbour, it might have a first aid kit and flares in it or something to that effect. Okay. I like so, ammo starve. Yeah. I like ammo so, starve. But it doesn't sound like there is going to be ammo starve. It just sounds like this. it's going to be just quite like ammo will be common for like just typical generic guns but like he said like a state gun you might have to check like the environment a little bit more it's not like you kill an enemy and he's going to drop a stake it's more you find it from from things in the environment but he'll drop pistol yeah. ammo or assault rifle ammo or something like that um so it just sounds like there's 
there'll be special ammo and just really generic ammo um yeah i guess i guess the takeaway is more like saying it's more so that there's a scavenging element yeah yeah exactly yeah they don't just drop ready-made stakes that go into your gun yeah it's kind of like <laughs> you'd, you'd be like oh this bar has a pool table so we'll just raid like all the pool cues and get like 10 stakes from it or something like that yeah yeah like you don't you don't just regenerate ammo like if vampires aren't yeah. going to drop bullets for you you're going to have to loot it um yeah for the most part i think is great okay and this is the last bit can you tell me about your favorite weapon uh that probably depends on which character i'm playing at any given time and the traits and the leveling of the weapons work such that you're pretty um sorry such that you pretty much have as many weapons as you want to carry but you're typically switching between three no inventory management yay no weight capacity (laughs) that's good i like that the way the system works is it's beneficial to have beneficial to have one of the dedicated vampire hunting weapons like a flare gun a uv beam or a stake launcher and then a shotgun sniper rifle or a machine pistol there's a lot of different stuff in there and it's then it's augmented by your character's powers of course so depending on the situation depending on the character Depending on which weapon you find, you find one of a certain level with certain traits and a certain rarity. It depends on how you play as well. If you have a good UV beam and you couple that with something that has a stake at the end, or like a flare gun, that's a very powerful combination because you can petrify vampires and then destroy them from a distance. So I hadn't considered that, that there is kind of like a rock, paper, scissors system going on here. In that you could have three vampire weapons and just be a vampire killing machine. Or maybe you want two bullet weapons and one petrification weapon right mm. um like uh, uv beam or whatever um so we, we don't really know what sort of nuance but yeah that you know it's, uh, it depends what your loadout's going to be for, for where you're taking it yeah yeah i like that yeah because you change it yeah depending if you're taking down like an enemy uh camp like a faction camp and just be like okay well we need bullet weapons here i don't want to i don't need to be shooting uv lights and stakes at humans <laughs> um yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool to be able to um, switch that all up on the fly. I love the fact that there's no cap on inventory. You can just, you clear it out as you want and how neat you want it to be, but you're not actually, you don't actually have a weight capacity, which I, I really like. Because I, I I found that really annoying. I know a lot of people like it and it's just like, oh, it makes sense. But it's just like, well, it doesn't make sense. Because in Skyrim, you could still carry 50 swords, but you couldn't carry 51 swords. It's not. It's still not realistic. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, just either have it uncapped swords, or have it, like, Resident Evil style or something like that, you know. That's how you got to do it. But, yeah, I prefer yeah, uncapped, personally. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the takeaway there. Those were kind of the new things. Um, obviously, not loads in there, but it just gives little hints and teasers around the sort of direction of the game and how it's shaping up. Um, and it's hard to say because, like I said, like the, the lack of popularity on this on this game is is really worrying me. Um, but I do trust them to make a good game at the same time. So yeah, we'll have to see. Won't we? I yeah. want more gameplay. I want to understand more about these systems that makes it stand out as an arcane game, like we keep saying, and they keep saying as well. But I want to see it. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah, you got to show your audience that. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to make a good game. It's what they do, but there's a doubt in my mind to how well it's going to sell. So they need to sort their marketing out and how they get this message across. Definitely. Absolutely. 
backstory. Oh, want a break? Do you have a break topic? A break topic? Yeah. <sighs> Not really. <laughs> Looking around your room, like, yeah. Um... <laughs> Sorry, weather is it's hot. I'm so hot in this room, though. To be fair, I'm getting like really lethargic and really like hot, and like my answers are becoming just like yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just really hot yeah. in this room, man. It's that sort of weather, isn't it? We'll be going. Do, do you have um? Do you have a? Uh, do you have iced coffees? Yeah, I love an iced coffee. Yeah. Is that? Do you have that year round? No, not year round. Uh, I tend to like like them mainly in hot weather. Like if I go to like like we sometimes walk down to Cafe Nero and stuff, and I'd never just get a normal flat white. If it's like the weather it is outside, I'd get like a iced, like pistachio. I never really iced. They, they do like a really nice like pistachio like iced latte, which is really good. Um, I normally get that. It's nice, man. I do. I, I, never I enjoy iced. a nice coffee. I just had a red hot americano. Nah, yeah. See, I'm not interested because you can even just get like iced flat whites. Like I've had one of those before. It's just. I know. But Same thing. With I, don't know. I like never it. Slaps the same. I like my innards to sweat as well as my outers. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Not interested. Right. That'll do, I guess, <laughs> for the topic. Um, yeah. And so, uh, Max Hoberman. Tim. Max Hoberman is the founder and the CEO of Certain Affinity. You know Certain Affinity, don't you? I Helped do, out though, yeah. with Halo Two. Um, they are making supposedly um, Tatanka, the BR over at Halo Infinite, mm-hmm. and they're also supposedly speaking of Monster Hunter, making Project Swerte, which was their that Monster Hunter like exclusive game supposedly, which I'm really excited about by the way because is formula not more popular? <laughs> what? You okay? <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just I was just swinging out a message because I had to. So. Okay, no problem. I, my question was, um, why is the Monster Hunter popular? No, why is the Monster Hunter formula not more popular? God, I'm getting hot, dude. I'm getting flustered. Yeah, I'm flustering you. Why is it not more popular? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's dauntless. Yeah, I mean, it's just very JRPG, isn't it? it there's there's a God, lot of layers exactly. to it, I think, and that just puts people well, off. I think that's what makes like this kind of project from Certain Affinity really exciting, though, right? Because, like, well, what could they be doing? Like, should, should they're making kind of a Western Monster Hunter, I suppose. What what they're doing with it? Yeah, I don't Guns. know, man. Um... Yeah, I mean, I like it, the idea of it. It's fun. It does sound pretty cool. Um, I, just, I just want more games with that formula. I think it's a really good formula. It, oh, Kill big stuff. Yeah, with your friends, get stuff from that thing, make better weapons to kill bigger thing. You know, I, I, that's just good. Yeah, I mean, I we've already discussed in this episode how much we love the the Monsanto loop. Um, and how good it is yeah but i think for it to be more mass appeal even though monster is pretty mass appeal these days but like yeah you need to make it a little bit more western you need to like cut out some of the layers and stuff like that because there's it's it can be pretty intimidating like i know how popular world is but 
Um, I guarantee you, like, a lot of people might have bought that game, but I bet you so many people didn't even scratch the surface of that game. Like, I, yeah. I, I bet you. I bet you so many people didn't even get past the first few big monsters um, yeah, and big hunts. Sure. It's just that there is... There's a lot to take in, and it's a lot to do, um, and it doesn't really explain much of it to you. You know, you have to go to the blacksmith and talk to him, and then go through all the forging process and figure out what you need and what has what. And it doesn't tell you any of that. You just have to go and do it. So it's pretty yeah. intense. That's fair. Yeah, and I think that would be a good that would be a good thing to look at for a mo- like a Western monster hunter would be like simplify it a little bit in terms of the systems. Um, but, but keep that core loop there. So anyway, yeah, a little tangent, but essentially the story here, like I was saying, Max Hoberman, CEO of Certain Affinity, has gone on, uh, was took to Twitter and spoke to a couple of uh, like you know Halo accounts that were talking about about wanting Halo Three remastered maps or anything, and he said we are not doing any remaster work at Certain Affinity at present, though there is something nostalgic in some of the work we're doing something nostalgic pretty sussy first thing that comes to mind is that there is some old halo map design integrated into the big br map that makes sense yeah i think that makes sense just try and Give me a vision of what you mean. Like, didn't didn't like Warzone, for example? Didn't Warzone stitch a couple of its maps or like older maps into its big battle royale thing? Have I made that up or is that real? I don't. I think you might have made that up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well then. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, we're both not. Psychosis. We're both not Call of Duty guys, so I don't think we can really just. You know, for a long time we haven't been Call of Duty people, so I don't think we can safely say say this. But I don't think that's the case. I think they've all. Well, that, that's that's what the vision would be that that they've stitched together. They've made their own unique map, but there is some elements of older Halo Three maps stitched into that. Well, Halo Two or Halo One, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, to some degree, um, that's. The, that's where my mind goes for this first um, so you think it's going to be like a culmination of like old school and new school like sort of BR map of like yeah, I think cool so. I like think... POIs that have like throwbacks to to like and nods to their previous games and stuff yeah yeah I think they'd, they'd right. be silly not to use that sort of power and that sort of weight that they've had um, making those successful games in the past why not have nods back um, back to those yeah I think you're silly if you don't do that. Definitely, definitely. So that's where my mind goes first and foremost. And while we're on the Halo topic, um, it was announced this week that Paul Batone, um, who was a Halo veteran, worked on Halo 1 through to 3, ODST and Reach has come back to 343 as Studio Technical Design Director. Clearly, this is part of 343's efforts to upstaff, to accelerate content, to get ducks in a row. Um, and, like, supposedly there was a bit of a resistance early in the 343 days, a bit of a resistance to bring back Bungie employees. Um, 
So that's clearly gone now, that resistance. Mm-hmm. So um, it's good to have more of the OG bunch back on board. Um, I don't think it's like... Some people seem to, you know, like the Halo purists are like, fire everyone out. You know, it's like, you know, they're whatever, hyper toxic. Um, can't lie in that I think this is healthy for the game. Yeah. They do need, they clearly need a, a more refined management structure. You know, we've, we've gone back and forth in 343 many, many times. Everyone knows how this conversation kind of goes. But ultimately, you know, there needs to be a better senior team there i think that can better manage time frames um so just a bit of good news yeah no, it's good news yeah. all right as we have on the title of the video tim xbox is appearing at gamescom Woo! Have you heard of gamescom i've heard of gamescom <laughs> that's the one in germany well that's correct um so, in a press release, they said, they, coming from Mr. Xbox himself, I, I don't know, I'm chatting shit, following our recent Xbox and Bethesda game showcase, we're excited to confirm that, that Xbox will be back on the show floor at Gamescom 2022 in Cologne, Germany. So, um, this is fun. Um, this is what they said about the show. Okay. In terms of expectations. Fans in Europe and around the world can expect updates on some un- on some announced games coming to Xbox in the next 12 months and a chance to hang out uh, as a community again in person. So, okay. So no new following up, but... Yeah. Following up on already announced games. Um, I mean, which there are a handful of. Um, so many. I said, <laughs> So, yeah. um, I and actually, I don't know if you remember the show from last year because I've made a little list. I just I very quickly I like skimmed through it the other day just to get an idea of what they showed. Um, but just to give you an idea, everyone, this was hosted by Paris Lily and Kate Eager at the time, which was pretty fun. It was an hour and twenty two minutes long. It was like done on an Xbox stage. You know, it was very much treated like a mini Xbox show. Um, there was no like big announcements. So just very quickly. There was a Dying Light 2 preview. There was a Flight Sim segment. There was an indie sizzle reel from hum- about Humble Bundle. There was an Age of Empires trebuchet feature, which was like has been memed to death because they literally had a 10-minute segment about trebuchets and how they work, which was like silly. It didn't need to go on that long. Yeah. Um, announced cloud gaming on console. So before that, it was just a thing on phones, right? But now you can obviously stream off your console. So that was like an announcement on a firm date, um, which was pretty cool. Hellblade optimization for XNS. Wasteland 3 Cult of the Holy Detonation DLC announced. State of Decay Homecoming DLC was announced. Stray Blade. This game looks really good. I would encourage you all to like quickly go to like YouTube and just really quickly type this in and have a look. But this game looked really good. It was like a combination of like Kingdoms of Amala and like Fable. Supposedly it's out this year, so we might see a follow-up on that. Okay. Crusader thing Crusader Kings 3 adaptation for Xbox. Psychonauts 2 and a double a double fine interview. The Gunk. Um and then a Forza Horizon 5 limited edition controller and like a gameplay preview. They showed off like the first 10 minutes of of the game before it came out, obviously in November. Not November, right? Mm. So it's I would pretty... say, Tim, that it's Yeah, it's not bad, right? Yeah, I was about to say it's a, it's a pretty healthy like lineup from 
uh, for what they showed last year. Or a games and I'm, show. And I'm assuming, was the gunk announced there, or was it just more gameplay reveal there? Yeah, I think they showed off some gameplay. Gunk was announced like back in 2020 or some shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. All right, okay. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's some pretty... Yeah, there's some pretty chunky stuff in there. You know, I don't see why um, Xbox wouldn't take the stage with a bit more Redfall, especially with the way that's sort of looking. And I think they want to they want to get the word out for that game and start um, sculpting people's minds to the vision that is that game. I wouldn't be surprised if that does take a pretty center stage. Um, again, Starfield. You know, maybe they'll show some more gameplay clean up clean up the frames a little bit scrub up those frames um but i mean there's there's just so much like do you think we see a vowed because we didn't see it previously do you think this is a gamescom thing probably not right but just just hang on hold your horses what they said was that they can we can expect updates on some announced games coming to xbox in the next 12 months yeah, but Avowed, oh yeah, because Avowed wasn't in the show for the next 12 months. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, we, we definitely won't see Avowed. We definitely won't see uh, Contraband then, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it sounds like... Out. Yeah, because I don't think that's coming in the next 12 months. Um, unless they just literally just couldn't fit it into the show. It is coming in the next 12 months and they put it in games Gamescom. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like we'll we'll see some more some more stuff um that we kind of already saw i guess yeah yeah like early 23 stuff there was like stalker like valheim they didn't really show much attention to but that was supposed oh, to be true. early yeah, I forgot about 23 stalker. yeah yeah i think things like that i think it's wishful thinking for starfield or redfall to show up really um, i think we'll see redfall because they've got like blizzcon or quakecon or whatever like Sorry, I'm being dumb. Um, QuakeCom, not BlizzCon, because BlizzCon is Blizzard. But QuakeCom is kind of... like They tend to show quite a lot of Bethesda stuff up there. I don't know. It, I mean, it's not impossible, but like we've just had a showing. Like I don't know why. I think Before we're more likely to again. see Redfall than Starfield. Whether or not we don't see either, I think. Yeah. I think it's more likely that Redfall will be there over there. I think Starfield is probably a no-go. Um, but... I'd like to see more. Um, and I mean, what what else do you think we'll see then? I think I think we see some more Pentiment. They have like a 10 minute yeah. sit down with Josh Soares and like talk through the game, try and get people understanding what it is because obviously it left people a bit confused. Um, maybe we see some more Minecraft Legends that had the same effect. People were like, oh, okay, what, what the RTS <laughs> one? Yeah. Yeah, the RTS like action strategy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely. Yeah, I think we will see that. Yeah, you're right. They might close out on Forza again. A motorsport. Yeah. Some more gameplay. Potentially, but then I mean that's you've you've just thrown that in there, but that that was just shown. So what 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 makes you think you say no to Redfall, but you say yes to Forza? They technically were both shown at the same place. Gameplay reveals because it's a Bethesda thing. I think. I don't think that they will have had the capacity to coordinate two shows. Another gameplay slice ready for a different show. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah, maybe. Whereas for first party, Phil could have said, Phil could have said in advance, have a big showing in 
technically Boone, yeah, and then, like, first party. You know what I mean. They work independently, <laughs> so it's got to slow things down. Yeah. Um, and then that strategy game, Ara, that they showed off. Oh, yeah, we only the CGI, CGI thing with the bird flying over and stuff like that. Yeah, that one. That's right. Yeah. So maybe Lame. some yeah. of that as well. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Lame. And I think, yeah, I think Stalker probably makes an appearance. Um, cool to see Stalker again. I feel like it's been a long time since I've laid my eyes on that game. Maybe Scorn. Scorn. What was that other? No, Callisto Protocol. That doesn't have like an Xbox allegiance, does it? No, it it doesn't. I'm trying to think if there is anything that Xbox actually has a marketing partnership. Because you're right, there probably will be one or two third-party things in there. Like they had Dying Light 2 last year. Maybe Callisto Protocol, maybe Suicide Because Callisto Protocol was shown at the... Where was that gameplay slice we saw really recently? Where was that shown? That was Summer Games, was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe Gotham Knights. Been yeah. on. Midnight Suns. So, Midnight Suns. Yeah, maybe. I think if they came out with like a Games Pass announcement for one of these things, that'd be pretty rad. Don't think it'll happen, yeah. but maybe. Oh, did you see that they um, just did, uh, they said they added Captain America to Midnight Suns? He's a he was a new oh, no, character. I didn't. he was a new character reveal. Yeah, Captain America. The, the tone of that game seems a bit off for Captain America, but yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw a news article that Captain America was added to Midnight Suns. Yeah, I'm very excited for that game. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, I think it looks shit hot. Um, especially when we had that, because we spoke about it a couple of weeks back, didn't we? Where like it's like a slay the spire kind of elements was what what a lot of the previews had said from like the journal, uh, like articles. Uh, that was like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it yes, I will take a couple to go, please. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think we see yeah a couple of indies um, that we maybe haven't heard about in a while. Like I said, one of them, Stray Blade. Maybe we hear from that replaced game, that pixel art kind of side scroller we saw about um, last year that, that got yeah. delayed. Um, so yeah, expectations are low for this as always. Last games, year's Gamescom was pretty good, but don't go into it expecting unannounced stuff. Don't expect a Avowed to show. Don't expect another gameplay no. showcase for Starfield. Um, and then DLCs, you know, maybe Obsidian show up and they talk about um, the full release of Grounded a little bit more. Um, yeah. And then they throw in some gameplay for Avowed while they're there, and yeah, you no know, problem. Just... He's easy. <laughs> What just a, just a little one more thing? Yeah, about right. day one today. Yeah, <laughs> day one today, day zero. Yeah, I think I shit myself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if to be fair, like I, I probably shouldn't say this, but like, if, if there was a time where they were going to start thinking about just dropping like a random bit of news into a smaller show, it would be now. After they just focused on the twelve months thing, and we know the Xbox is still backed up, you know, like they've just had like a load of KFC. They're really yeah. backed up, and just, just need to get a little bit out. Yeah, <laughs> so just yeah, eating like gone. thirty bananas. <laughs> yeah, or thirty bananas. That's right. Um, so we will see a big doubt overall but uh, yeah just expect a follow-up on some other games we've already seen that's usually the best yeah. way to go about these things uh, i think it'll but... be pretty exciting oh. yeah 
Also, yeah, they kind of announced like cloud gaming and stuff like that, which was just kind of like a tech showcase. So maybe we'll see some more on. Um... Uh, what were we talking about the other day? Oh no, the portable, the Xbox handheld, nah, nah. Yeah. Xbox handheld, let's go. Announced next month. <sighs> Day zero, free for everyone. Games Pass. They ship it to your house. The postcode registered to your Games Pass with a pizza. And a glass of milk. Yeah. And a signed up picture of Phil. <laughs> <laughs> has he signed it or has someone else signed it? He signed it. It's not just signed by a random. Oh, I signed it. And a bottle of fucking hand gel. Public. A hand gel? Okay. Yeah, so you can jack off to Philly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Anyway, swiftly moving on. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Actually, well, uh, no, what was it? There, there was a game in the showcase that we watched in June. There was like an indie game or two that we like really liked the look of, but I'm really struggling to like name them. F- uh, Flintlock? Oh, yeah, with the one with the magical teleporting ferret. Right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think that was Flint something. Whether or not it was Flintlock. I think it was Flintlock. Yeah, I think it was L-O-K. Yeah, yeah that looked cool, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd have a look at Stray Blade. Like, I recommend you to have no, a look it's, at that it's... again. Yeah, it's it's Flintlock. It is. Yeah. yeah, we're just not not L O K, just lock spelt normally. Just 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 Flintlock. Is it? Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, as dusk falls, we're going to be out, so that will be done. Yeah. So yeah, I think we get a follow up on a lot of those games. I think we look at some of the indie, like the bigger indie games. Maybe we see a bit more of. Um, I think we'll see like Quantum play- Studio. Oh yeah, yeah, life. yeah, yeah. That I was going to say maybe uh, new Playtale, maybe. Uh, yeah, that comes out in October. That's a good shout. That's a Games Pass game, so yeah, yeah that, that could very much make a make another appearance. Yeah, so I think it'll be a good show. Like I said, just don't go into it expecting first party big announcements. So you're just not going to get that here. But it, there's usually some decent stuff here. So has yeah. been for the last year anyway. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. It's in my calendar. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead to our last story because there was, uh, there was like this whole thing that happened where like people got angry about like Forza Horizon 5 not getting nominated for Game of the Year last year, which is still stupid. Um, and there's a the whole thing about God of War coming out in November and the release de- the date for submission got extended and some people felt that that was like special treatment to make sure that God of War could be put into this year. Um, and as like the, the, the story for what happened with Forza Horizon 5 kind of ended at a point where a lot of the panellists were confused and the game came out at a bad time because apparently the submission date was extended last year Mm. but panellists hadn't had enough time with it because if you remember it came out for a beta period a week earlier and all of that overlapped with the extension and they weren't sure if they could put it in or and they weren't sure if there was an extension for that game so it ended up not getting enough votes let's just reiterate it is kind of crazy that Forza Horizon 5 didn't get nominated for game. Didn't even get nominated for Game of the Year. Okay, yeah. it won Best Sports Game. Of course it did. What was the competition? Like, um, yeah. uh, no nomination. It's a bit of a kick in the nuts, yeah. It was the highest scoring game. Yeah. It was higher score than all of the other not nominations. Plus, it's like always nominated. So, like, why not this year? 
Yeah, so um, a lot of people were just trying to turn it into a conspiracy, like Jeff Keighley hates Xbox kind of thing, which which really isn't it. And like, uh, like I was speaking to some people on Twitter, and I was just like trying to like try to clarify a couple of things. Like, oh, is it because you know, like it seems my understanding and based on some of the reporting is that there was a lack of clarity. So a lot of like panelists were confused, and the journalists were confused around like the timings, and that resulted in Forza Horizon, and you know people were just calling me an expert and stuff like that. So. Oh. Don't bother engaging. Yeah, <laughs> just, I'm not cool. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just trying to understand like what I like. They're just rage-fueled keyboard warriors at that point, Deck. There's no reasoning with them. I know. I think you're right. I think you're right. So the last story then for today is that E3 supposedly is properly and finally coming back next year. Hey. It's a thing now. Yeah. Um, and that this time um, it's going to uh, the ESA, so the Entertainment Software Association, which is the, the, the team and the organization that usually runs it, is partnering with Readpop, the, the production company behind PAX, um, New York Comic Con, Star Wars Celebration, and EGX, and EGX Res in the UK. Hey. So, nice. how, how are we feeling about E3 season? Is this a good thing? Will Xbox, Nintendo, and PlayStation jump back into this or won't they has summer game fest been equally as good or worse or better what do you think i think people will jump straight back in i mean e3 is e3 man it's just it's so it's just such an iconic name it's such an iconic brand um as the biggest gaming um showcase of the year you know and with that coming back i just think people will jump back on as as if it wasn't missed to be to be honest um I still think it will probably be the largest platform for them to showcase their their upcoming stuff. At least that's just me. I just think that the sort of how long it's been going and what uh, how long it's been going for and how it's been doing and the ratings it gets, you know, all the time back when it was a thing. Yeah, I just think it's it'll do that. I, I suppose the, the proverbial you know spanner in the in the works is that. Keighley has been doing Summer Games Fest for a, a number of years now. And does that mean publishers now are going to have to pick and choose between E3 and Summer Games Fest? You know, we might end up getting two semi-watered down events running in parallel one week mm-hmm. after another. Maybe they come to some sort of agreement, you know, and they say, right, you have this week, I'll have the next week. But then it's like, does Xbox really want to partner with both and spread their games across both? Or do they just want... Uh, have their sh- you know so it starts to become messy then <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah and it might end up just not being beneficial for the, for the consumer and in the sense that not really much happens for both sort of thing rather than just having one big event where everything gets splashed out like you said it's just watered down and it's um yeah, I kind of know what you mean. I mean, some some deal will have to be struck, right? Because Summer Games Fest has has gotten big. It's gotten great, you know, in, in the absence of E3 especially. Um, so, yeah, something will have to be worked out for sure that they can both share the spotlight or kind of just like... Yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. I don't know how it's going to work. But e- either way, I uh, think yeah. E3 still stands towards the giant over Summer Games Fest. Um with its returning brand i just i just think it it is and it will yeah yeah we'll have to see how how it happens because you know in a world where they don't come to an agreement you know you could see different publishers going to different events for different 
for the deals, you know, and then you've got PlayStation partnering with Summer Games first to have their show there, and then E3 partnering with Xbox to have their show there, and then it becomes like if you remember the Summer Game first, uh, when was it twenty twenty? That was I think that was maybe the first one. I can't remember, like maybe the first big one, but it it went on for like three months, and Did it, it was, really, yeah, God. like it was just nobody liked it because it was just so spread out. There wasn't something like every day, obviously, but it was like essentially Jeff Keighley had just sliced, you know, made agreements to get people to show stuff over a three month period, and so there was a calendar, and it's like okay, it starts now in June and ends in August, and it's like what? It's like I, this isn't the same. This is just like a normal. Know, like press schedule <laughs> it's yeah. just we're now slapping some against us over the top um and, and that wasn't that just felt kind of drawn out and my you know the worry is that that might end up happening again if they're both mm. competing for this you know the same pie um yeah so, potentially and i suppose the other angle here is um the xbox directly like how they do their shows I know the team likes to do these in-show, uh, in-person shows. They've gotten good at doing them digitally now, and I don't think they ever got the in-person shows right. Like they, they got okay, but they it always got like a bit faffy somewhere along the lines. Like they definitely got better because in like 2019, we've spoken about this before. They had the Elden Ring show. They had Cyberpunk. We had Cyberpunk there with like Keanu Reeves went to the stage, and the whole breathtaking thing happened. Yeah, so yeah. It's gotten better, but the, do you know what I mean? The format of these digital shows has just been like game, 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 game. Talk to me for a minute yeah. and a half. Game, game, game. Whereas in sh- like you're not you like what are you paying for with the stage if you're not going to use it and have people talking there? Do you know what I mean? Like you almost it necessitates more chatty shows. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It might end up just diluting the show with a lot more crap. Um, That's right. Rather than just getting down to the point and just giving people what they want um yeah I, yeah i agree with that especially as some yeah some moments in previous e3s have been cringe factor 1000 oh my god <laughs> yeah exactly so right, that's, that's the only downside because as far as i know summer games fest has always been still think uh so that's the other side of it you know e3 charge a lot of money from what i understand to be part mm. of it I don't know if Summer Game Fest, if they've started doing that Summer Games Fest or not. So, you know, we'll have to see how it all pans out, but it's all hunky-dory. Either way, I think we're all in agreement that we like having a week where lots of stuff gets announced. That's that's it, essentially. We're all having a week or two where it's like gaming Christmas and there's loads of new games to show and there's loads of anticipation and anticipation <laughs> building up to it. Uh, like We all like that. So as long as it's not drawn out and it still has that same spirit, I think most people are going to be happy. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. We're done. We did it. Long show, that was. That was a long show. Yeah, in a very hot room. Genuinely, my shirt is yeah, sticking no, to me. <laughs> really? Is it that bad? It's That's really hot in here. Yeah, like, it's super, super crazy hot. Um, I probably could you have cranked open a window, but... Um, because we like we don't tend to open up windows because she's got like a cat and it might just like jump out onto like the road or something. <laughs> so like I <laughs> guess it's just yeah I'm guessing just not in the habit of doing it here. But yeah, I probably could have cranked open a window because I've got the door closed and everything. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty hot in here, man. That's right. We're all done now. You can shower off. Oh, mm. my God. 
Well, great. Okay, this all worked fine by the looks of it. I'm, I'm gonna like play back the stream and it's like gonna be muted or something. Yeah. Oh, I had the intro jingle running this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> your face, you're like the double buff. <laughs> yeah. Your face is actually like he's not fucking serious, is he? <laughs> oh god. No, I haven't. So Okay, great. Let's say our goodbyes then. Let's get out of here. Um yeah. Tim say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> goodbye everyone. Run. It's been Run. a pleasure. See you next week. Yeah, bye bye. Bye. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I need to end it. I forgot. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.